This podcast is a member of WGPRN, wildgamesproductions.com. Hi, Tim Kask here. Faced with a TPK and have no idea what to do? Well, you might have, had you listened to Save or Die. You're bursting through the door, you find a small room filled with golden jewels. Like a red dragon, he starts to breathe. Save or die! The Save or Die Podcast, a podcast about classic Dungeons and Dragons. Save or Die, number 73. We are back from North Texas, RPG Con, and we even survived, more or less. More or less. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. I I went six for six. (laughs) Yep. Glenn has his – is this your first con injury? Yeah, and I hope it's going to be my last. Yeah, quite a doozy. Well, let's just arm. get this out of the way mm. right up front. Glenn, you are now my hero because I've never seen the gaming spirit embodied better than a guy who breaks his shoulder, misses only the game that happened while he was in ER, and was back at the gaming table like hours later. Thank you. And stayed for the rest of the con. That's right. That's the gamer spirit. So I'm your hero? So I'm your hero? Yeah. Loan me 50 bucks. No, never mind. I didn't say that. Uh, so, well, no, no, not, no. You're his hero. He I, should give you 50 bucks. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Glenn Melanoma, Moldy Russell's ward. Anyway, yeah. with the, the one-armed gamer. Although I must agree with Angry Monk, who I believe mentioned it's ironic that you managed to make it through both of those horrible tornadoes that went through the Oklahoma City area only to come to Texas and then get injured in the hotel. (laughs) Break your arm in a Marriott. I mean, it's not even like a Hotel 6 or Super 8 or anything. Yeah. Yeah, Tabletop gaming is more dangerous than most people think. Apparently so. Yep, sure is. Well, I, just, I played. I played in Bad Mike's B one. I just told everybody. Well, you know that struggle that was a little tougher than we thought, and we ran out of healing potions. So uh, here I am. And I forgot the opening, as ever. This is DM Mike, along with <clears throat> the one-armed bandit DM Glenn. Uh, Richard Kimball's looking for me now. <laughs> DM Jim, reporting for duty. And DM Liz. Hello, hello. And we were all at the North Texas RPG Con 2013. And you weren't. Ha, 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 ha. Well, some of them were. Yeah. Yeah, Actually, quite a few. True. And if you weren't here, don't let it happen again next year. Yeah. You could see all the old the old guys from TSR and stuff, and you get to see the Save or Die crew. If you walk up to us, we go, who the hell are you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, some of us do, anyway. <laughs> well, for reals, this was my first North Texas RPG con, and I'm in for life at this point. Uh-oh. Best yeah. con ever. I think it, it just gets better and better every year. I mean, uh-huh. we'll be talking about it, but <clears throat> very few exceptions. This was an awesome con, as far as yes. I'm concerned. Um, it was. And uh, 
Last Saturday, we played our basic game, which I referred to as the post-con victory lap. <laughs> and uh, still going through the dungeon with Scorch of Scorch the Dragon. Still haven't found him yet, but still trying not to be killed. Cool. Is, so when you get back to your home campaign, is the first thing you do but is buy another dog? <laughs> <laughs> now, now, he hasn't offered us a dog yet, but give... Give him time. He said, we're only in the second level of the dungeons, two levels down before I get into the, the cool stuff that I picked up from Tim and Frank. The oh, cool boy. stuff. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. Um, you got that? Buy a whole I, pack of dogs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I talk- no, no, no. I got this. I got this. Next year, we take all our starting gold and pool it, and we buff up that dog so he can't be killed. <laughs> yeah, get some, get some armor for him. I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm writing in that I have a female dog with a litter. <laughs> so the following year, I'll just take one of the pups that's all grown up now. 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, there you go. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, a good time was had. Um, Odinist came, and I told him, he says, you know, dude, it's been four or five days with you, and I cannot remember any time where you did not have a grin on your face. <laughs> he was so happy to be there and so thrilled to pl- be playing. Well, cool. Cool. So what have you been doing post-RPG con, Jim? I uh, lit up free RPG day uh, this weekend pretty good. Um, uh, playing, yeah, I know, it's a, it's a shocker playing the Dungeon Crawl Classics uh, free no. RPG day. But I, 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 I followed through with my ambition <laughs> to follow Gary's advice, and I stepped out of my comfort zone, and I ran a halfling instead of a magic user. A luck battery. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I may need to run one a few more times to get the hang of it because did you know you give up your stealth advantage to sneak behind things and backstab them if your character runs in screaming, die, die, die? <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that. that I, you know, you, you, you lose something there. I, I think I, was, Fair. I read too much Order of the Stick or something. I was playing Belkar in my head. But uh, yeah. I got my my... Besides helping the wizard uh, amp his spells, my big shot of the whole game was uh, I nailed a demon with a bottle of holy water flung by a sling at 100 feet. Wow. How did you get your sling to do it? Uh, I I burned my luck down to the Stone Age. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how about you, Liz? Well, um... I'm going to sound really old and feeble, but I've mostly just been recovering <laughs> from coming back from the convention. Yeah. I know yeah. Monday, well, we got home Sunday afternoon and just sort of went, eh. And then Monday we woke up and for virtually all day Monday, I went, eh. <laughs> and it wasn't until Tuesday that I started to feel Kind of human again. <laughs> yeah, I was telling Liz that Monday that, you know, this is how we used to feel after a weekend camping at a medieval event, you know, out in the woods, not staying four days at a Marriott. <laughs> it's like, ooh, roughing it at the Marriott. <laughs> I'm exhausted. <laughs> I got conburned bad, and I don't know how these guys like Tim and Frank and Jim Ward do it. I mean, I know Frank and Tim will, like, do two or three of these in a, in a, like a two-month period, and boy, they're hardened professionals. <laughs> yeah, don't try this at home. Not me. Janelle Jackways ended up with Concrud as soon as she got back. I didn't give Aww. it to her. I did not give it to her. No, no, the con did. That's why it's. Con oh, Crud. okay. Well, I mean, I know, but 
I was in one of her games, and I don't want her to go, well, I was sitting next to you. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that, that damn broken arm of yours gave me the con. Yeah, con crud. <laughs> oh, we did play our Psy 2E game. Yeah. Orc yeah. babies. Okay, just said that for Mead. <laughs> did he ask you about the convention? Uh, no, but we told him anyway. Yeah. Um, We're going to torture everybody about this. Although he yeah. did have a good reason not to go. He was proposing to... Mead over the weekend. Mrs. So. Mead. Her. Yeah, so they're now engaged so to be married. Now instead of just our DM and his girlfriend, it is now our DM and his fiance. His fiance. Well, his fiance. You mean he couldn't? He couldn't take her to the con and propose there? Yeah, that strikes me as much more romantic than the evening oh. on the square under the lights and everything here in Denton. But that's you know. true. Go I don't know. Is she a gamer? She is. Yeah, oh, yeah, she's part of our group. She's part of our 2E group. She's the orphan stabber. Her character. Oh, well, okay. Hey, was she, was she, the, was she the, was she the female paladin who got knocked up by a halfling? Yep. Yes. Ah, okay. And the one that pushed the gnome down into the, into, into the, the juicer. Oh, okay. However, Mead does want us to inform everyone that she did make some very good alignment choices in the past. And wants to make sure that we inform the world that her paladin had taken in a baby orc and raised him, and he eventually became a neutral good cleric of a halfling goddess. A total <laughs> wuss. A total wuss. But and his name is Loki. <laughs> Not even that cool. It was Joseph. Yeah, but he. This, this was a case where nurture won out over nature. Mm. <laughs> Although she was disappointed that he didn't want to follow her own god, but halfling goddess is all right. And knock up a halfling, I guess. Hey, Joe, what you do with that sword in your hand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Mikey Mason says, right? Hmm. Every group has its George, and if you don't know who the George is in your group, chances are it's you. <laughs> <laughs> this All is right. true. Well, let's uh, let's pop on over to our email bag at this point. Finally, <laughs> getting to the voicemail of DM Kojo. Oh, oh, but before we do, huh. um, I do want to say thank you for Matt, Odinist, and Brad from my group helping me getting home. Um, since I couldn't drive, Brad ended up driving my van, and Odinus was driving his car, and we caravan. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Got home safely. Thank yes, you. very cool. Very thank cool. Anyway, go ahead. All right. Let's take a listen to the DM Kojo's voicemail. What? A, that guy again? Oh, boy. Hello, casters of Facade. This is DM Kojo. Hey, my current campaign that I'm playing is second edition. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Second edition guy calling into the podcast. What's going on here? Well, um, I'm calling because there is discussion with my group of possibly moving our second edition game at some point in the future to a classic game, probably Basic Expert uh, or Menser. And I just wanted to get your take on some things. We've got a couple rangers in the party and a paladin and... A bard, and obviously those classes do not exist 
in the classic game versions I'm talking about. So how would you convert those second edition, or could be first edition too, I suppose, types of characters to be played in a classic game if we want to make such a conversion? Not sure if it's going to happen, but would love to hear some tips on how to make it happen if you've ever done it before, uh, because it is a strong possibility that uh, we make that transition. Anyways, keep up the good work. As always, the Infojo is out. Thanks, Gojo, and sorry it took us so long to actually get to it. Not like we didn't have you on the show or anything, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Has Gojo been on the show? Yes. I don't think he's been on Save or Die, has he? Yes. When? I remember having him on here. Sure it wasn't Thaco's Hammer? Yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think he's been on Save or Die unless it was a long time ago when yeah. Vance, Vince was running the B team. No, it was recent. It was, it was recent. It was recent. It must have been. No, I think that was, I think that was Thaco's Okay. Hammer. Okay, fine. Because one of these shows we get, you know, a Kojo a week, you know, so, so we finally like, screw it, let's have him on the show. Well, we held on to his voicemail all this time. Should we tell him that the answer, part of the answer to his uh, voicemail, uh, tune in two episodes from now and we'll answer that? No, that's <laughs> No, I think we've made him wait long enough. So now okay. they know how anybody can get on these freaking shows. Just, you know, keep emailing us all the time. So we'll never run out of emails. So that, that explains Vic Shade. <laughs> that's anyway. true. So what do y'all think? Uh, two was it two e to basic right? Yes, classic. He put it. So, but I assume yeah. it <clears> means well, he did say it was probably going to be basic expert or mincer. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, there are two. Go ahead. Well, as far as like if you're dealing with the skills and stuff, if you're dealing with mincer, um, there is a partial solution to that in the skills system if you want to use it. I'm not saying you have to use it. But it would, if, you know, if the ranger's whining about, I don't have my ranger ability anymore, or something like that, it's like, okay, dude, here, let's, uh, you know, animal lore and all this. And it's like, here's your skills. Knock yourself out. Okay. Well, yeah. one reason I said we'll answer this in two episodes is because that's when we've got scheduled to do the uh, episode about the strategic review. Because both of those classes uh, first appeared in the strategic review for basic D and D, so you could yeah, just the ranger go to and those. the bard. That was going to be my suggestion: is to just lift those. But uh, so that's your suggestion. That's my suggestion. Uh, that or just you know grab the dungeon master's guide and adjust the spells as necessary. Mm-hmm. True, Liz. Well, I'm more Holmes with the additional brown book stuff to go on. So naturally I'm going to say, you know, grab the classes from Greyhawk, etc., because you can get them there, but you would still have to do um, tweaking to make them fit into a BX format, though. So that's probably not the best answer to give i'm really <laughs> i'm really not going to be very helpful on this one because yeah okay my bet- format of game is a lot closer to the 2e format than basic expert is true i'll bet mike will be helpful hmm? well yeah uh i was yeah jim already pretty much said like i said that you know you can lift them from strategic review um another option and 
you know, point out that the uh, companion set has paladins in it. Yes. Which, depending on what level that paladin is, you might be able to just use those rules and import over. That's true. Well, like in my basic game, our, our RC game, um, we got one guy who's playing a druid. He, st- he played a druid from the get. We thought it was kind of stupid that he had to wait till like, eighth level to become a druid. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you're a druid, first level druid. Well, yeah, but that's house ruling, basically. Yeah, I but that's... that's to know. I know, yeah. that's one way to deal with it, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, there is, yeah, which is sort of what Liz said, you know, just kind of import the classes. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Greyhawk has the druid, so, and the, so, and the paladin, too, so. Yeah. And then, so of course, if you as want- we've discussed repeatedly, the monk and assassin from right. Blackmoor... Right. And so you, if you don't want to have to wait until 8th level or beyond to become a paladin, just make him a paladin. Boom. Yeah. Do like, yeah, yeah like in Greyhawk, just, you know, okay, he's lawful. <clears throat> as long as he stays lawful, he gets the bennies. He follows his god, he's fine. Yeah. He doesn't, he loses them. Right. Enough said. Role-playing uh, covers, a mu- covers a multitude of sins. So, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of options. And, you know, like Jim inferred, too, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know about 2E so much. This would be more Glenn's thing, but it doesn't – 1E, despite being a completely different game, <laughs> actually the conversion is very minor. I mean, yes. it, it's not a big deal. Uh, the only thing that really stands out to me that would be a major issue is that in Basic Expert – you know, you don't top out at 10th, 11th, 12th level and then just get plus two hit points or three hit points per level. You just keep yeah. rolling. So, but other than that, you should be fine. Yeah. Wow. So, you really, you really know your stuff. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you, Kojo. I hope that helped. Yeah. And if you do end and, up, and converting- we hope that you didn't already just go ahead and convert while waiting for us to answer. <laughs> because although, that would be just our luck. Although if you did, uh, Call or write in again and let us know what you did end up doing. Yeah. That thing goes hammered. No? (laughs) No. On this podcast, we applaud your intention to uh, change your campaign to basic D&D. That's right. Assuming it's not DCC. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Just email us about how it turned out at saverdiepodcast at gmail.com. That's right. That's right. So. Now, let's to, go to other emails. To save face for me, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Our first email for this episode is from Andrew Johnson, also known as Dizzy Saxophone on the OSR Gaming Forums. Oh, it is. Hey, Dizzy. Hey. And he writes, hello, Sodders. Great <laughs> job on the podcast, by the way. I've recently been going back through your backlog and trying to listen to every episode again. I appreciate the recent discussions of some OD&D booklets, like on Greyhawk and Blackmoor. I recently purchased a lot of OD&D books containing supplements 2 through 4, and in it, the seller also included the Dragon Tree Spellbook. Mm. I'm wondering if any of you have ever heard of it or used it, and if so, your thoughts and opinions on it. It seems pretty interesting with something like 200 new spells, a large selection on cantrips, dragon spells, and even three to four new magic systems that all seem workable. During my own research, I found that you can still buy these online from Dragon Tree, 
at www.dragtreepress.com with three other OD&D supplements that they made that also seem interesting. Thanks, guys. Andrew slash Dizzy. Thanks, Diz. Yeah. And on a side note, um, Dizzy Saxophone, Andrew, is looking at possibly starting his own OSR podcast in the future. Well, they're coming out of the woodwork now, aren't they? Well, this one's going to be just covering OSR games in general, not D&D. Ah, good idea. Good idea. I'm looking forward to that. I salute him because that's going to be a lot of research. <laughs> oh, On yeah. the other hand, he shouldn't run out of material to do episodes on. Oh, Lord, no. <laughs> I just looked up Dragon Tree Press, and they have quite a few uh, brown bookish type yeah, stuff. Yeah, I got Mike a Dragon Tree Press booklet for one of his Christmas gifts this past yeah. December. It wasn't the spell book. No, it was the one on traps. Mm-hmm. Now, how long have they been around? Since the since at least the early eighties. Okay, because I couldn't tell if they were doing a like a retro recreation or I, I vaguely no, they're, they're remember. The, they're the real deal. <laughs> okay. We had some stuff like that back in the day, and at first I thought I recognized what he was talking about. But the little book that we had was called the Spellcaster's Bible. So, but I went to the website, and now I have three more things I have to buy. So, thanks, Dizzy. <laughs> and yes, they have the. The original Dragon Tree editions of Arduin. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. We're going to have to cover the, that one of these days. I'm actually going to have to read it. Yeah, I mean, because it started, I mean, most of its history was basically a variant of OD&D. So. I'm, wondering if, I'm wondering if Tunnels and Trolls as a variant came first or Arduin did. Uh, I think Tunnels and Trolls did because it actually went, it, well... It was its own game, kind of, from the get-go, whereas okay. Arduin freely admitted that this is house rules for, you know. Indeed. Okay. Uh, yeah. What's his name's own, own group? Gotcha. Oh, whose name escapes me. Oh, well. Uh, Dave Hargrave. Dave Hargrave. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, thank you, Dizzy. Thanks, Diz. Wish we could help you on the spells and stuff, but we haven't looked at it yet. <laughs> yeah. But sooner or later, we're going to get it and maybe do some episodes just kind of covering some of the Dragon Tree supplements. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. I like the great the other little brown books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking of getting some of those. They're very reasonably priced, and they do have a they have a group of four for like forty four bucks, which isn't bad, really. No, eleven apiece. Yeah, and uh, you know, I will say I think that's one of classic strengths is. It is flexible enough that it's easy to import stuff into it like yes. that. So, by all means. Alrighty, next email. Jim? Uh, this is from Rafen Sifferwit. Alright, Liz, take over from here. He pronounced it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think Jim can take it all the way through. <laughs> I would much rather listen to you read it, but I'll do it. Um, I want to hear, I want to hear the tough smurf. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. <laughs> this name is so Celtic and got so many W's and Y's in it. Okay, Rafen Sifferwid says, Hi, Hi, I never knew this podcast existed with Gene Wells being interviewed till just half an hour ago. I hope you never delete it. It's very interesting to hear her speaking in her own words, and I appreciated the respect and care that the interviewer had. In the podcast, Jean mentions a module she was working on and hoping to publish online and that you might help her on this. 
I wondered what had become of this and if any of the materials, such as maps she was talking about, had ever materialized that you know of. I'm curious what actually happened to such material after she passed away last year. Uh-oh. Um, uh, uh, he or she says, uh, original B3 has been a huge inspiration to my fiction writing, and I've always been upset the way Jean was dismissed. It really was terrible to hear at the end of the interview that she says, the Bloom Brothers won and I lost. Nobody remembers them nicely, so I think they lost. Please let me know, uh, as I think this lady's imagination was really something special, and I'd like to see any scrap that might be left behind. I'm now curious to ask Ernie Gygax what the board game uh, she had written was. Thank you for your time, Rafen. Well, here. thanks, Rafen. Thank you, Rafen. Um, here we go with this one again. I must admit, I, I think mm. you know Vince got a real coup on that when he was able to get Gene Wells in for an interview because I have not seen her interviewed anywhere else. Yeah, certainly not on any other podcast. Um, as far as I know, she was starting to get some information together. But her health got really bad, and it never went anywhere okay, yeah. significantly. Yeah. Well, her you health might... was bad during the interview itself. Yeah. Very yeah. lucky to be able to get her at all. Catch her on a good day, yeah. So uh, that's about all we know. If you want, you can contact uh, DM Vince directly over at Roll for Initiative. Um, mm. He might be able to give you some more data. But, but yeah, yeah, I do agree. The Bloom's lost. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I think Gene Wells, yep. even if you're not a fan of Palace of the Vamp, of, yeah, <laughs> Palace of the Silver go. Princess, yeah. you know, I'm certain she is looked upon more fondly than the Bloom's. Yeah. I know I do. <laughs> yeah. I wish I'd read this letter before North Texas Con. Could I just ask Daryl, hey, what was up with that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. But you see see some of them on a semi-regular basis. You can just ask, uh, maybe you can ask Tim. Yeah, right. Tim might know. Oh, he's probably got a copy down in his basement somewhere. <laughs> Tim <laughs> the original one. Yeah. Yes, the orange one. Although that art on there, it's like, oh, please, that <laughs> is worth pulling, you know, come on. After the cover of Eldritch Wizardry, <laughs> yeah. you've got a problem with this little bit of art, please. Anyway, thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks for writing in. Seraph- we could have been more help. Thank you, Saffron. <laughs> Seraphin? Rafen. Rafen. Thank you, Rafen. And if you want to call our voicemail, be sure to call 940-536-3763 or 3SOD. What? Oh, 3SOD now. Oh, clever. <laughs> um, and, of so, course... So is it- I'm sorry? And, of course, at saver.podcast at gmail.com. Woohoo! You remembered twice in a row. <laughs> so is that it? The whole We're not going to do, like, the first hour of the show with emails? No, not this no, time. No, no, not this time. We're okay. Mix it up. Keep people guessing. That's yeah. right. They're all from Kojo, and you get to read them all. How about that? <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. So, nope. We're here to talk about North Texas RPG Con. General impressions. It was Con. I went, oh, boy. DM Liz. It was super cool! <laughs> DM Jim. If you're going to fly somewhere and go to one con a year, this one should be it. Especially while it's still relatively small before it gets big or uh, changes. Yeah, I, if we didn't already live an hour away, I, this would be a con I would consider flying to. 
Yeah. Jim Glenn, other than breaking your arm. I do not always go to cons, but when I go, I go to a North Texas RPG con. Stay gaming, my friends. Stay gaming, my friends. The most interesting gamer in the world. (laughs) (laughs) And Mike? I think it was pretty darn cool. It was, you know, the... I can't think of anything that really went wrong. Uh, Really? Except, you know, that was... (laughs) Except that him. was had had to do with maybe me personally. I mean, okay, it's not the con's fault that my class crashed over the weekend and passwords got eliminated, so students were freaking out and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, or that stomach bug I got Saturday night. Mm-hmm. That was because of those damn sandwiches we ordered in from. It was not the hotel food; it was delivery. Evil. It's evil stuff. Yep. The only thing I can think of that I was disappointed in the whole con was uh, none of you guys smoked, so you weren't out there outside with the cool kids. Well, that, yeah. that yeah. didn't stop me from being outside with the cool kids. I just – I was a little busy. It stopped us from being outside with the cool kids. I was a little, I was a little busy on taking drugs. Uh <laughs> if you can't well, so were they, really. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Some of them <laughs> – so, oh, you meant nicotine, yes. 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 <laughs> Caffeine is a drug, you know. <laughs> Caffeine is a word. So I arrived Wednesday afternoon because my roommate was Greg Gillespie of Barrow Maze fame, and I wanted to make sure I was there when he got in there. So the first thing I did after I get all checked in is I go down to the lobby, try to take a big full picture of that beautiful uh, lobby they have with the tables and stuff. And who comes walking up right behind me? Rob Kuntz. My roommate. Two hours later. Two hours later, I got to take the picture. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Gamers like to talk? Rob likes to talk. Boy, does he like to talk. But, but, but fortunately, every time he talks, it's very interesting. So, um, and I was surprised he still recognized me and, uh, he's still alive. Good. Um, you went down Wednesday too, didn't you, Jim? Yeah, yeah. I showed up uh, okay. Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Rob was already there holding court, just like Glenn said. And uh, I got to say, I, you know, Rob was like the best roommate I've ever had at a con. He was awesome. Yeah. I mean, what, part of it was just scheduling. He's kind of like a vampire. He, he would roll in at like three or four in the morning and sleep till around noon. So we were on different timetables and didn't see each other. But he couldn't have been friendlier or more Which social. Which is the best way to have a roommate generally. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, one of my my best college roommates, you know, we got along great because our class schedules were so different that we didn't share the dorm room all that often. So we never had really the opportunity to get on each other's nerves and we had a great roommate year that year. I wish I wish we could have stayed on together. When I roomed with Ben in Arizona, you know, he was going to school in the mornings and afternoons, and I was working graveyard shifts. So it's like we maybe saw each other two or three hours in the early evening, and that was pretty much it. Mm. Cool. Well, I, I don't know what I was doing, but he was just a, a joy to uh, hang out with. Okay. And well, so, and how about we – what? Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, it's trivia. Go. <laughs> well, why don't we do a day-by-day breakdown – 
right after we listen to these important messages from a fellow podcast and Jim's interview with Doug, the one, basically the creator of the con. Was it Doug Ray? Yes. Yes, yeah. Doug Ray. So you guys are in the Misty Mug. What are you doing? I am buying a Bloody Mermaid of wine, as always. Sunshine comes out from the back. She actually needs some help with the problem. What problem? There's rats in the cellar. Oh, God. Giant rats, I presume. I don't know. Do you want to go check it out? So you guys make your way down into the cellar. Sure enough, amongst the crates and barrels, there are nine giant rats. Remember the last time we fought giant rats? They nearly killed us. In the nest of the giant rats is 2,000 copper pieces. Huh. 20 gold. One's copper. It's 2,000. <laughs> we came here to help Sunshine with their problem. We had to fight the giant rats. Initiative. Check out the Delvers podcast at burnedfx.com. This is a Save or Die special report. Hey, this is DM Jim, and I'm here with uh, North Texas RPG Con organizer, creator, and major domo, Doug Ray. Doug, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. So this is my fir- first North Texas RPG Con, and I'm just stunned by it. It's like the most well-oiled machine I've ever seen. Well, you know, ex-military, ex-police department, things have to be well-oiled to make it work. Uh, which one is this? This is number five. Number five, really. So started in... 2009. 2009. Yep, with 55 people back in the day. Okay. Yeah, we've, we've uh, gradually grown from 55 to 88 to 118 to 155, and this year we had probably about 210. 210? Yeah. It's uh, very comparable to Gary Kahn with the uh, every third person having worked for TSR, <laughs> right? Yeah, we had about 18 special guests this year. Yeah. But uh, it's a little more distilled down than Gary Kahn. Yeah, I think it's... Um, I haven't ever been to Gary Kahn myself. But I've looked at their schedules before, and it seems that they uh, have a tight schedule on games, sometimes four-hour slots. And, and we want to be a little more relaxed. We actually just set up two slots per day. So it's very very low-key. But like six-hour slots. Yes. They go from 8 in the morning until 6 in the evening, and the second slot's from 6 until midnight or whenever they finish. And we don't actually um, specify start time. We leave, the, you know, leave that up to the GM or whatever. Okay. Um, actually, I didn't expect it to be, but last year and this year, I'm the one that DMs the game on Thursday, which is the charity game. We have seven special guests that sit in, that actually play in the game. We have two seats available for people. We, we put them online, they bid on them, and then whatever we take in, we give to a charity. And these seven people that play are like, you know, Tim Kask or Frank Minster, Rob Kuntz. And the first year we did it, uh, John Hershberger was the GM. And I, I think he was a little intimidated, you know, with that those kind of guys, and, and they don't bother me. And I ran the game last year, and I did it this year, and that's kind of the, the funnest part of the con for me is running that game. So. Uh, who would be intimidated by that crew? <laughs> um, so how did it go this year? I saw the live video feed from last year, and I saw some of it this year, but why don't you? Um, it was actually pretty good. I mean, the, nobody actually died, per se, in the party. I think Jim Ward is the only one who died, and uh, Frank brought him back to life with an animates dead spell so he was dragging along like a zombie <laughs> oh my <laughs> so and I think uh, I think so hang on you killed Jim Ward not the other way around exactly he got killed by a 20 foot arrow it took out his whole pelvis yes oh my god <laughs> that sounds awesome I didn't see that part I wish yeah, I had and, and Frank got Tim accidentally killed Frank with a fireball but not to complete dead he was in his nags and somebody came and healed him I think Rob came and saved him with a spell so that he could keep you know coming to the to, they were trying to escape so 
Well, sir, I, I have a theory about role-playing games that the, the coinage that you win in RPGs is bragging rights. So that no. sounds like you've got some pretty good bragging rights. <laughs> well, I guess. I mean, it's just it's just a fun thing. It's one of those um, uh, things I don't really have time to plan for during the year, and I know I'm going to have to do it. So throughout the year, I just kind of think on ideas of what might be a fun adventure. And then uh, it's kind of the seat-of-your-pants thing. When the, con, you know, when the con gets here, I... An hour before the game, I sit down and just write out nine sheets for players, pass them out when we get to the table, and then I just kind of set a background and let them go from there. I said it's all made up on the fly, so it's never written down. It's just a you know kind of fun event. DMing by the seat of your pants. It doesn't get more old school than that, right? <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, tightly organized, you know, with the schedules and things, and and just the wonderful dealer and everything like that. Sure, but what I mean by things I've never seen before is the uh, photographic and video live feed coverage. I actually, in the middle of the game, my phone beeped, and somebody had commented on Facebook, hey, I'm watching uh, Tim Kask and Frank Menzer watch Michael Curtis and Jim Wampler play a game. And it, it was live while we right. were playing it. Yeah, we, um, we started a couple of years ago trying to just record. We took a lot of pictures and recorded things, and we'd upload them to YouTube or put them on our website. And then decided we want to try to make it a little more real time. So we did some video streaming last year, maybe last two years. And uh, this year we went to three live feeds. We had four video cameras recording various events. And then we also had um, some new cameras. Uh, they actually not the camera, it's the uh, SD chip that has wireless built in. So as soon as you take a photograph, Sweet. it goes up to Facebook in about 30 seconds. Or, or whenever somebody's close enough to the wireless point for it to upload. You know, sometimes in the far rooms, they might get up there a couple hours till somebody walks back. But anyway, it kept things kind of live so that people that aren't here can see what's going on because you know not everybody can make the con. At least they get that feeling of, you know, I, I hopefully it makes them miss not being here so they'll come next year, but, you know. Well, uh, let's talk about that. Uh, just for anybody who hasn't heard of North Texas RPG Con or doesn't know about it, what are the big selling points to be sure and sign up and be here next year? Well, I think the biggest selling point, at least to me, is uh, the con itself has a small con feel. I mean, it is small with 200 people, but I mean, what I was going after was the feeling of when I was a kid, we would go play down at the rec center in our neighborhood, and there would just be tables to sit and play at, and it was like, you know, you just come in, you find a game, you look on the schedule, who's running what, and then you just go play. Right. Uh, ours is a little bit more organized because you kind of sign up for these games before the convention, but it still has the same feel. When you get here, there's still tables that are looking for players, or there's people starting you know, a new game, so you just get that old, simplistic feel. The, the other one that's a big draw, at least for some people, is the fact that we try to have almost a, a 10% ratio of guests, special guests to players. Our first con, we had five you know, special guests and, and 50 players. So my number's a little off. It's not every third person. It's every one in 10. It's one in 10. Yeah, it's one in 10. Um, we, we obviously can't have as many special guests as, say, at Gary Con because there's just so many people living in that area that line up at that con. And in our world, it's an expense. We have to file these guys in and pay for them to be here. But it's kind of nice because um, when you come to the convention, you know, you go down to eat, and you're sitting right next to somebody, you know, you know, whether it's Tamara Frank or Errol Otis or something, or even Jeff Easley. They're just, they're they're eating, and they'll talk with you, or even stop with them and leave and sign something. You know, so it's just, uh, there's normal people around you. And a lot of them come and sit in games. Uh, Errol Otis and Dennis Astaire are the two that play the most games here, maybe even Steve Winter. They just, if they're not running a game, they're playing a game. So it's just kind of, you know, nice to see walk by, oh, that's that's Steve, or oh, there's, there's Errol, so... That's awesome. Uh, I know you and I have talked before that uh, as the con has continued to grow, there's a point where you don't want it to get any bigger. Correct. We don't ever want to go over 500. Um, 
just because I think once you get beyond that point, it just feels too big. I don't know this because the only conventions I've ever been to are business-related. I've never been to a gaming con other than my own. And so it, it, I just don't know that more than 500 people is something I want to deal with. We have a, a staff of about five right now. We may add a few more as, as time progresses. But I think it's uh, easy for five to seven people to handle you know, 500 at a convention. I, I know last year, I, I wasn't at last year, this was my first one, I heard that there were some issues, uh, minor issues with the uh, the venue, but uh, this year it's in the Marriott South, and I think it couldn't be greater. Yeah, it will, it's part of the growing pains. You know, first year we had a little bitty teeny spot, like a La Quinta, you know, you know just have a single room. Uh, and for two years we went to a, a nicer hotel, one of those that has the little business suites, but they don't have convention space for one about 100 people. So last year we really had to grow out of that type of hotel facility to an actual hotel and when you get to the bigger hotels we weren't sure where to go and we just happened to make a poor choice last year Um, they just didn't have great service and just some of their kinks they've been closed for two years for a remodel just wasn't that good so this year we decided what the heck we'll go to something like a marriott which is you know step up from a a larger holiday inn is what we're at and it's turned out to work real well i'm sure it costs a bit more but hey i mean i think the payoff will be there in the long run because everybody really enjoyed the space, and it'll, that'll draw more people in because of the type of place we're in. So I've never been in a better Marriott than this one. <laughs> They've been super nice. So uh, if this continues to build, which I'm sure it's going to, um, and, and you decide at some point that it can't grow any larger, then for people listening to this that are on the fence, they should attend next year while they still can get in. It's going to get exclusive. Well, yes, at some point it will. I mean, uh, this year with 210, I would say next year we might push 300. I don't know that we'll add that many. We added 50-something this year. So we might be close to 300. And then, of course, after that, you know, how many years till you get to 500, depending on how it grows? I mean, it may be two or three years before we hit that mark, but then at that point, I mean, we'd have to just cap, you know, registration to keep that number at 500. Okay. Well, I want to really thank you for spending the time. I promised I'd only pull you out of your busy loop for 10 minutes, so I'll let you get back to it. Oh, not a problem. Thanks. Thanks, Doug. All right. Well, that was cool. When did you interview him? Uh, that was Sunday morning, early. Ah. So you kind of grabbed everybody on Sundays before before they snuck off. Well, we had talked about you know trying to do some kind of live podcast there and that was obviously going to be a little over ambitious and i wanted to interview doug but i was trying to wait for a moment when he wasn't busy and by finally you know sunday day five it was apparent mm-hmm. that was never going to be the case so i just yeah. grabbed him just grab him <laughs> yeah that's the way it usually works yeah, yeah. So that was I, to, oh yeah. surprised he was conscious enough to <laughs> yeah he was that's omnipresent but uh i mean this Besides my first North Texas con, I'd uh, done some business with Doug uh, briefly just this past year and gotten to know him a little bit, but I just couldn't be more impressed with how he's run this con. I mean, there were just every little detail taken care of, and even to just dumb stuff. I showed up without the power adapter for my computer, and he just made one magically appear in my hand in about an hour. Wow. That is great. That is great. And so that was the interview with Doug. We need more Battletech at the con, Ray. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was, by the way, a stand-up guy, and I really, I mean, you're right. I mean, it was like, you know, the hotel had their hospitality, and it's like he made sure the con had its own hospitality, which is almost as, compar- is as comparable to the hotels. It was just great. Yeah, I, I mean, watched him pa- DM that celebrity game, too, and he didn't take any prisoners. Hmm? You know, I, mean, I, 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 for, I, for one, would be a little intimidated by the crew that he had assembled there, and he didn't care. Yeah. yeah. He's run it for what five years now? Yeah, well, I, 
the game has been going on five years. I don't know that he's run it five years. Well, I was, I told me it was just the last two years. It was, uh, yeah. Okay. Cause yeah. Okay. Cause I, I remember the last couple of years I went to the con. He, he was DMing it. So. Okay. Okay. That's just right, cool. But yeah, I mean, talking about some of the stuff they were doing, the, the packets this year were really impressive. Yeah. Three module that, that die from the role playing game society. Yeah. Um, that backpack. Yeah. <laughs> a dice free dice bag is not enough anymore. We got to give you a free dice bag and a small backpack. Yes. Put the dice bag in. Very yeah. nice. And the backpack is kind of like a really, really big dice bag. Yeah. So yeah. you could have your dice bag inside of your backpack, which looks like your dice bag, and you know you're going to start getting into parallel dimensions and stuff and <laughs> let me tell you let me tell you those things come in handy for those of you who flew to the con because I remember going to the gamma trade show and they gave those away too that saved my butt when I was over 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 the weight limit as far as taking stuff back from Vegas mm-hmm. so I just I put the books in oh, you know what? my back and I went on the plane. you're absolutely right cuz I I miscalculated my uh funds and i couldn't check two bags on the flight back so i used that bag yeah 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 i think it was when we started going to the milwaukee cons the milwaukee games fests we've gotten pretty standard we bring a a spare suitcase empty or virtually empty and that's basically what we use to pile our stuff in for the con to bring back since I'm not going on by plane, I take I go out and buy one of those big plastic tubs from like Big Lots or Lowe's or whatever, and that's my game box <laughs> stuff. Mm-hmm. My, and I always leave about a third of it empty because I know I'm going to fill it up mm-hmm. when I'm there. You know, as I've mentioned before on the show, I can't really do that with my old one, which is the aluminum <laughs> yes. suitcase bomb yes. case. Yeah, it's oh, really well. fun to see. It's fun. That'll get you a pat down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Thursday. Well, hang on. The, the best part about Wednesday is uh, when you show up Wednesday and the con hasn't started and no scheduled games are happening and you get the game anyway because uh, Mike yes. Curtis and I have gotten into that habit of showing up and getting something going on Wednesday. Yeah. Gary Con, we, he ran Game World for us, and uh, he brought this card game called Plague and Pestilence. And I've seen that for years at game stores, and I never played it. I finally got to play it. It's fun. Yeah, we got Glenn involved. He won the first game and decided, yeah. okay, I'm going to leave on a win, and he was out of there. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm on a high note. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anything else on Wednesday? And Greg showed up. He's a great roommate, by the way. Really nice guy. Don't don't. It's okay. He's from Canada. Uh, <laughs> went there. Had a, yeah. Had, you know how rowdy and yeah, oh, yeah. Canadian. Oh, I got. To, oh, yeah. But I got to hear all about the lousy Quebecers. Boy, oh boy. Uh, uh, guys, remember our our group DM is from Canada, and this is going out over the air. Is he from? <laughs> Oh yeah, they're is, wonderful people. Is he, is he from Quebec? A Quebecois? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if he is, no. If he isn't, he's great. <laughs> but, anyway. You know, after he talked, it's like I can totally sympathize with you. I can. I really can. Mm. Anyway, that's as far as I'm going to go with that. So, <laughs> any more Wednesday talk? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm good. Okay. We want to get to Thursday, Thursday. which is when we showed up. Well, anything happens Sunday before, I mean, Thursday before noon. 
Um, it's usual stuff. Uh, you know, playing a few games. Anything y'all want to talk about? Because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say, okay, Thursday afternoon. Wait, Thursday morning was awesome. That's my crack in the whip. <laughs> best Thursday morning breakfast ever. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good food in the hotel. Yeah, yeah, the food was, you know, it was much better than last year. Once, once, once Doug whipped him into shape, I got charged full price for the buffet. And, I mean, it was a fan. Oh, go ahead. And he is like, Doug, uh, 14, 1495, 1595, and you told me it was 10 bucks. Well, let me go talk to him. They put it back on my bill. Hmm. Yeah, he cracks the whip real good. I was just going to say, I mean, we're going to talk for a long time about all the great stuff that happened at the con, but there wasn't anything much greater than just getting to meet you guys and game with you in person. Well, we had a good time meeting you too. Yeah, you're 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 a great little guy. You are. It, it was. Oh, really- everybody's a little guy to you, Glenn. <laughs> yeah. like, we're all practically halflings compared to you. <laughs> well, he kept. A, I mean, he had you know he had his his gamer hands, but half the time he ran around with the bandana with a stogie in his mouth and going, "Who let the biker in?" <laughs> <laughs> the script. The pirate hobo. Where'd he come from? Where'd he come from? Are are they filming Sons of Anarchy next door or something, or what? Sons of Gaming Anarchy. Oh, boy. Someone should make that show. Yeah, with the, with the, with the D20 on the back of the leather jackets and everything. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Or a skull in the back part of the skull is fasted like a D20. That's right. so, Mike, how was your Thursday at the con? Uh, it was pretty good. I, we checked in, and I basically spent my time waiting for my old junior high, I guess middle school technically, friend. Uh, ben? And his brother, yeah, Ben and his brother Jared to fly in, and then yeah. we just kind of sat around and BSed because we weren't allowed in Bad Mike's game. Oh. It filled up too fast. I couldn't get either of you in. You gotta be quicker, Mike. You know? But the decrepit dog got in. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big table. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When I was down there briefly, that was, that's a lot of people. Oh, and my, my DM Matt Odinist arrived with Brad. They got in their room and I, he gave me an open invitation to the bottle of Jack he had in his room. So we were okay. Not Crown Royal? <laughs> no, he had Jack. Uh, if it would have been me, it would have been Crown. Me, it would have been yep. Crown. But hey, you know, any port in a storm. Yeah, we were, uh, Saturday night during Frank's game. He happened to mention that somebody had come up to a table he was at and started passing out Crown Royal bags. And I didn't miss a beat. I said, it was Glenn, wasn't it? He said, yes. <laughs> and I'm going, God, I'm getting rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> the official dice bag of the USR. Okay, oh, sorry. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, three out of the four of us did manage to get into Bad Mike's Thursday night game. It was... Me and Jim and Glenn. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I was not I able will. to get Mike signed in in time before yeah, it all and, filled and up. Yeah, and like an hour, around 7 o'clock, I got abandoned at the hotel room while Ben and Jared rushed over to play an Alan Groh's Aliens miniatures game. Oh, yeah, the Perpetual Aliens game. Yes. Yes. The B1 game was great, though. I will always play in that game. Uh, <laughs> even, well, if he, even if he does stuff like put a carrying crawler on the ceiling to... Grab my character. 
Well, like I said, if I manage to make it into his game again next year, I'm going to be keeping an eye out to see, is this going to be the third time in a row that I've been there that that dog dies in the first encounter? Glenn buys a dog and it dies, yes. Yes. Of course, this time it was like ancient, wasn't it? Yeah, he made it this old thing. This flea-bitten, you know, mangy mutt, but he had a... They said he fought real good. Yeah, he fought real good for about two rounds. Yeah, for about 20 seconds, he was great. Yeah. It, was, it was almost right in the door, wasn't it? I don't know yes. what you're complaining about. He was killed by a zombie. All you had to do was stick around a while, and you would have gotten him back. Yes. <laughs> next, zombie dog. Next he was year, killed by zombies last year, too. Next year, I'm putting a, putting, I'm putting a Red Federation shirt on him next year. Oh, <laughs> Now I'm jumping back to Wednesday. Yeah. But let's mention, uh, apparently in the uh, charity game, J- Jim Ward's character was killed at one point, uh-huh. and Frank raised him as a zombie <laughs> and had him basically as his zombie minion for the rest of the game, which I thought was kind of cool. <laughs> I don't know if that was my favorite part of the game or the one where Tim fireballed them all with the one apart. <laughs> well, that's always good, too. Yeah. So, so but yeah, uh, pretty much. But in the P1 game, in an interesting reversal of our uh, save or die game we all play together, Liz played the cleric in this B1 thing and kept me from dying because I yes. got off the leash a little bit and uh, <laughs> bought myself a sucking chest wound and negative hit points. <laughs> that was pretty good, too. Sucking chest wound. <laughs> I stick my arm in it until I can get the healing stuff. <laughs> I just, uh, I got impatient. I find his wound. The, the thieves weren't popping chests and cabinets fast enough for me, and I decided to do it. And, ah. and so, just a little tip for all you listening peoples out there, do not try to pick a lock with a sword. A <laughs> yeah. Bad things happen. It's not worth it. Always. But I can't really talk because I deliberately drank from one of the pools in the room of pools. Oh, yeah. I tried to drink from one of the pools, and instead it turned out to be like a weird sort of water weird that came up and nearly killed me (laughs) because I was right there in its face. And At we least had, it wasn't a gelatinous cube. That's true. And we had a thief who kept trying to backstab stuff without a back. <laughs> hey, but you never know. I'm going to backstab the water weird. There's no back to it. <laughs> but holy cow, Mike runs a good game. He does. He Bad does Mike. a really good game. I mean, yeah, we came close to sticking, you know, Liz's character's head in every pool there was in there, just a healer. Oh, but... sure. <laughs> Killer cure. Uh, <laughs> hey, you're already nearly dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah. That was a that was a rip snorter, I'll tell you. So did y'all do any gaming after Bad Mike's basic expert? No. I retired after that. Jim? It's sort of blurred in my head. I can't remember which game I played on which day now, except for the the last game of the con. Well Bad Mike will always be the he'll always run it on the Thursday. That at, at some point, uh, I played Dungeon Crawl Classics with uh, you and Liz. Friday? Yeah, that was Friday. Okay. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Cool. So are we going to talk about any, like, all the loot that was there? <laughs> Wait, you mean the swag? or Swag, loot, you know, stuff you buy. Ah. 
There was a lot of good stuff. We except look at half of what was there. And totally missed out on the the con mini. Yeah. And I I that's why I said about it till after the con was over, but I mentioned to Liz, you know, weren't they supposed to have the in out monster thing as a mini? Inside out creature that she's not that is that what it was? You guys didn't see it? I saw it, but I'm going they were they were for sale. Yeah, yeah, that's I know. kind of like mini, but we totally missed it this year. I saw it, but it's go. I'm going. Oh, that's nice. That was the con mini. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you can get one from Matt Solars. No, thanks. that was that was the the one that won last year from the Design a Monster competition. Really, I didn't know that. It, it, and, it's, it's a good one. Yeah, it's really really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah the various um, artists at last year's artist panel. Um, were basically given descriptions of monsters that had been given to Doug and Mike. And so they were just randomly handed out descriptions, and they had a short time period in which to draw what this monster should look like based on the written description that had been handed to them. And um, And then once they did all of that... After the con was over, Mike and Doug put up the pictures on the North Texas RPG website, and people could vote on which one they thought should be the con mini for this year, 2013. And the inside-out creature that should not be, I'm sure that's not exactly what it's called, but it was something along those lines. I think that was Janelle's. Yeah, that was Yuck, for sure. Yeah. I remember we were all joking. It's like, you know, this would have been right up Errol Otis's alley. Yeah. And I think that was precisely why Doug did not hand it out to Errol, because it would have just been too, too easy. easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that was the con mini, I swear. <laughs> it didn't occur to me. Uh, oh, that's okay. that was the one complaint I got out of my out of my the guys in my game that came. Uh, I think it was Brad who said, there's a lot of minis there. And there were a lot of minis there, but there were no, like, player character minis. There were no, they were all monsters. And he said, I would have liked to buy some, got some, uh, got some, like, well, you know, character minis. We just saw the minis over at the center stage miniatures. Right. Uh, yeah, table. And, but yeah, they were all monsters. Yeah. I managed to pick up a case. Monsters are all we're interested in now. We've uh-huh. got a billion character minis and they're all old 25 mil. Yeah. So I'm not the really that interested in, you know, getting 28 mil characters. I'm the other way around. Yeah. I know for Center Stage Miniatures, they just completed those two Kickstarters for the Demon and Devils and the uh, oh, Tomb of uh, Complete Tome of Horror. So that's what they were pushing, were miniatures okay. to go with those okay. two things. Yeah, gotcha. well, actually, why don't we talk about the swag when we do the wrap-up? Let's yeah. go ahead and get the schedule going. Yeah, why not? So sure. what did you guys do? On Thursday, Glenn. What did I do on Thursday? Well, let's see. I was still whole then. So (laughs) (laughs) I just sort of cruised around Thursday. Um, I was supposed to be in, wait a minute. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I should have said Friday. Thank you, because that totally is like. Yeah, that blew me. Yeah, okay. Sorry. All right. B1. We did the B1 thing. That was Thursday. Friday. That was Thursday, yeah. Friday, I was scheduled to be in my roommate Greg's Barrow Maze game, but I slipped and fell in the shower and broke my shoulder, ended up at the ER and missed that, and that was my game for the day. Oh. So. Marriott staff were. 
excellent. Were good about it. They were excellent. The, the general manager carted me around like a boss. Like but, a don't sue! Don't sue! <laughs> like a like a like a champ. Um, would have been nice to count the room, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I ended up in the evening, in the afternoon, I ended up in uh, Janelle Jacquet's TNT game, which was interesting because none of us had played TNT before, including Janelle. Tunnels and Trolls? Mm-hmm. She had never played Tunnels, Tunnels and Trolls? Tunnels and Trolls, apparently not. She'd studied it up in her room, came up with some house rules for her, for her game, uh, which made sense. Yeah, none of us had played, and... She was supposed to have Kent St. Andre next to her playing some other game or some Tunnels and Trolls so she could confer with him, but he ducked out. (laughs) So it's like, okay, we're going to go through this best we can. Um, I survived until like the first combat and then I... You know, that I had to go because my arm was hurting and stuff like that. I had to go take mm-hmm. some drugs. And so I said, like, I'm sorry. Then I heard the game lasted like another half hour. <laughs> the next morning she came up with me and said, you were the first to die. I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, okay, that, was, well, that was me. So, sounds like it was fun at any rate. It was. It was. And I'll tell you about the other one when we get there. Okay. Jim? So Friday was when we played Dungeon Car Classics. Right. Yes. Three of us. And uh, two or four mm-hmm. or something like that. And yeah. then later that night, Bunnies and Burrows with mm-hmm. Dr. Suster, right? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Well, it's, uh, uh, Dungeon Car Classics was a hoot because Michael Curtis, it's like being DM'd by Stan Lee. I mean, he's standing up, he's jumping around describing the action. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, he's a very good... talk about, you know, how Matt Finch, you know, jumps around and, you know, emotes during his games. I think Michael Curtis would give him a run for his money on, you know, him just, you know, his arms just, you know, flinging out and, you know, getting, you know, jumping up and doing stuff. I mean, he doesn't do like the chair dancing that Matt does, but (laughs) I'm sure it's only a matter of time. Well, he really exudes enthusiasm as a DM, Mm -hmm. and that really helps. Getting the getting everybody into the mood of the game. Were you guys okay with the game ending early? Uh, yeah. Cause yeah no, that was just right. That I was thought. just right. Cause like you know, hey, we can go grab lunch now. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. <laughs> and we succeeded. Just so our listeners know, we were, it didn't end early because of a TPK or anything. No, that was a plan I cooked up outside with Mike on a smoke break because we were both had two games that day. We were running a little low on uh, running on fumes, and I'm like, if we get close to the end, do you mind if I just spell burn my character to the Stone Age and and throw a major spell and end it early? And he's like, by all means, do that if you want to. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, no, it, it worked out. It was fun. I I enjoyed playing. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. The mechanics were a little different. Um, I can see why DCC is really, you know, while it's got some spiritual influence from old school, it's really its own game. Right. Um, as far as rules and variants of dice and everything. I do like the Mighty Deed thing. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's like all your skills and feats for a fighter just collapsed into one thing you sort of make up on the fly. Right, and that's something they sort of do... I mean, they don't have a die mechanic or anything for it in Castles and Crusades, but that's one of the things they they push there is, like, you know, you want to do something, just ask the DM, can I do this? And he'll assign a basically what amounts to an, an attribute check. Mm-hmm. And 
if you succeed, you do it. You don't have to buy it or, you know, do any of this other stuff. And I think that's much better for – it encourages freewheeling role-playing rather than hunting up in the big book of feats or skills or whatever. Yeah, just say, I do a mighty deed, which is this, and yeah, yeah. that's where that's <laughs> That's worth stealing for your game. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is something, although I'm not sure I would allow it like DCC seems to every single role. You know, I um, moan and bitch and complain about them using different dice. Yeah. <laughs> they have some weird dice, although I did like the rock, paper, scissor die. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it oh, to me it comes down to cost. If you guys would just like, you know, PDFs aside, it would be nice if your books were affordable. Um, the, the, I'm talking about the main book, actually. Yeah, yeah. Though, as I was talking to Michael Curtis about it, you know, that is ba- what amounts to the player's handbook, the DMG, and the monster manual. Yeah, we got something called the Rule Cyclopedia too, for like a fraction of that. Well, if you can find it, I can. I do. Well, <laughs> you can and do, but some. Well, yeah, I, that's you know, your superpower. Geez, Glenn. Settle down, Beavis. I mean, Beavis. <laughs> well, about a third of the, of I, the I, DCC I, rulebook though is, is every spell has to have its own spell effects table out for for what DC check you make. So that's about a third of that big ass book. Okay. I mean, I'd even waive the Ascending Armor class, you know, because it's, uh, it's starting to sound more and more interesting. But Which, that's the cost. We have that on, t- on record now. Glenn said it sounds interesting, Ascending Armor class. That's not what you <laughs> allegedly said at the, wins- at the Thursday night game, though. <laughs> what Thursday night game? Bad Life's nice. game. You're right. When it's not a right. certain individual <laughs> managed to get Bad Mike to say he was going to use Ascending Armor class just to That's see right. the look on your face. <laughs> okay, okay, sounds interesting. Look, look, look. Uh, ascending Armor class sounds interesting. Mutually exclusive, okay? <laughs> <laughs> sounds interesting doesn't mean play is interesting. That doesn't mean I like it. Doesn't mean I like Ascending Armor class. I mean, I could probably go, blo- you know, overlook it. I mean, I have played three five before. <laughs> so, Glenn, if you're willing to even entertain the notion of playing a game with ascending armor class, then my work here is done. You got a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I go willingly, kicking and screaming. <laughs> so Thursday night yes. was the two of you at Bunnies and Burrows. Friday night. Oh, sorry, Friday night. I'm doing it again. <laughs> Friday night, Bunnies and Burrows for DM Jim and DM Liz. I wasn't able to get in that either because I was helping Ben with the Battletech game, which apparently was a roaring success, and he'll be doing it next year. Yay. Um, but without me. I mean, I may help a little bit with scenario design and everything, but in the end, it's going to so be that, So that worked out for him. Good. Oh, yeah. It worked out great. They streamed it uh they on did? The website. Yeah, they had the camera set up there. That means it'll be on YouTube. Cool. Yeah. So, so what was the um, scenario that you and Ben had come up with? Well, it was set in old Battletech, the 1985 universe for Battletech 3025. Sure. And basically it was a all-or-nothing free-for-all. Um, a group of pirates had been hired to find this uh, computer core, which – was supposed to be able to run a mech as well as a human pilot. 
And mm. apparently the pirate captain tried to sneak out on them and get it himself so he could get the entire reward. Um, the thing took over his battle master, so they, all the pirates were rushing to get it. And the, the reason for that setup is there were some people there who had never played Battletech before. And so Ben ran the battle master like an NPC, which gave them a chance to try out shooting and that sort of stuff before actually engaging the other players. If I could get full on gamer to be there more than one night to run his battle tech game, I'd love to have him in Ben's battle tech game. Oh yeah. I think that'd goes. be cool. <laughs> I think that would be cool. And I'm right. sure he would too. So um, so the bunnies and burrows, how'd it go? Well I owe you Liz for talking me into that. <laughs> one of the players, um Marshall, was kind enough to purchase a set of bunny ears for everyone who was going to be at the table. Right on. So we're all sitting around the table. Black well, bunny ears. With with these black satin bunny ears on. <laughs> <laughs> Which, whether by accident or design, because they were posable, all immediately began to reflect the characters being played. Because <laughs> like, Marshalls were, like, down. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> what was it? Somebody's mentioned you look, it looked like a table full of Playboy bunny rejects. That was what Tim Katz said. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, like Tim, rejected Tim went Tim off. Boy, yeah. We went out for a smoke break from that game, and I wore my ears out there, and he's like, what's a bunch of degenerates out here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is from the guy whose era had Gen Con at the Playboy bunny, at the Playboy mansion in Geneva, like Geneva. Hey, maybe it's bad memories for him. Yeah, maybe that scarred him, you know, or something. It's flashed back or something. Yeah, it's oh. like a non, he's like a nom vet in that case. But never, no, never, the bunnies, the bunnies. <laughs> never played the system before, and uh, I really, really liked it. As according to Doug, Doctor Sister had not run that at a convention in thirty years, and yeah. I, you sure you sure couldn't tell because he ran a fantastic game. Of course, he was the author, so that helped, I'm sure. Now, Liz, for, for the complete set, I'm going to be looking for GURPS bunnies and burrows for you. <laughs> I'll, I'll collect them all. Because <laughs> there's a GURPS everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, um, yeah. Yeah, it was a fun game. About the only part of the rule set that we did not actually have an opportunity to try out was the combat. And... Part of that was just dumb luck. We never ran into anything that turned into a fight. At one point, we were, you know, the snake comes up, and we're thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to get to fight the snake. We'll get to do that. And it's like just a garden snake or something, and it gets scared off and goes away. It's like, ah! <laughs> and poor Jeff D. wanted to fight something. I know. <laughs> he was just, <laughs> he was cruising for a bruising. <laughs> Oh man, the most violent bunny rabbit you'll ever find. Yes. That's funny. He's he's um, like um, Odinist and Brad were telling me about uh, Frank Menser's game that day, talking about they they spent four hours just role playing. Yes, and he mm-hmm. said it was the best time he ever had around a table. Yeah. Well, that that's the way we were in his game Saturday evening, mm-hmm. uh, but that's how it turned out too. It was total role playing the whole way through. Yeah, and speaking of which. Saturday. <laughs> Moving on to Saturday. Liz and I bailed out of Taco John's game because we were dumb and lazy. and <laughs> We slept through the beginning of his game. Oh, 
So, on the other hand, it's Taco John, so he had no lack of people wanting to hop in, so I'm sure our seats did not get cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I did run a Holmes Basic game. I saw that. Liz, Ben, and Jared uh, that afternoon, just as open gaming in the atrium. Yeah, and, and our friend Kevin was in there, too. Kevin, yeah. That was funny. I, was, I walked up to that table to give away some of my portrait cards, and I'm mm-hmm. going, hey, because hey, I thought you were just talking, and then all of a sudden, Mike, oh, game, right, sorry. You're, you're actually <laughs> gaming. <laughs> yeah, you're running something, what? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I was checking out your DM setup you had going there behind the screen. That was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I don't really much like that. When I ordered that DM screen, it's, you know, for the listeners, it's one of the ones where you're supposed to be able to slide in sheets of whatever you want. Yeah. Except when I ordered it, I thought it was going to be the eight and a half by 11 standing up. Oh, vertical. It was, it was the horizontal one. Yeah. But it was the horizontal, horizontal one. And it's like, well, how do I stick, you know, cause everything I've got is printed eight and a half by 11. Downward, uh-huh. so you know I can put stuff in there for people to look, but everybody's going to have to tilt their head to the side to read the tables. See, I used to ha- I used to have one of those, and I I reformatted I, all my charts for that. Yeah, I kind of do them like an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, but as you noticed, um, in the center of it, I had a reprint of the cover of the Holmes Basic set. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of my way of pimping that you know I'm running Holmes. And that's very hard to squeeze into the new format. Mm-hmm. So if anyone knows where I can get one of the the type of DM screens that you can put things in and out of, but is upright eight and a half by eleven, well, if I'd you, love to know where. If I, made, wants- I made one. I made one for Tim. The one Tim was DMing with. I, I ordered it online. I'll send you the link. Oh please, thank you. Because yeah. I don't like this one. Yeah, um, yeah. I used to show off his artwork at any opportunity. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Well, I didn't hand manufacture the vertical DM screen part. Was that vertical? I thought it was horizontal. Oh, okay. Never mind. Anyway, so um, we did that that afternoon, and that evening we played in Frank Mincer's basic expert game, though he was really running a hybrid basic 1E game mm-hmm. with his house rules. Um we were all running pre-gens from the AD&D module, I think it was I-11, Needle. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, we, like Liz was saying, we did pretty much role-playing. I don't – until I felt sick around 10 and had to leave, um, I don't think we had engaged in any combat at all. Did y'all uh, ever engage in combat after that? There was never any combat for the entire yeah, session. Or, no combat. And though when we were sitting in the dungeon paperwork office, oh, well, that was hilarious! Hand them to the ogres. Yeah, oh, I was so tempted just to lunge for one of the ogres and start stabbing him just to have some combat. Oh, <laughs> so you guys normally a combat monster, but you guys were in Lich Dungeon. Yes, yes. we were in level two. Lich Dungeon, yeah. And um, level two is apparently the admin level because that's where all the little offices and <laughs> everything was. Because we ran into the DMV from hell where we're sitting around waiting to get papers <laughs> giving us permission to be walking around in there in the first place. And then there's the cleaning crew that had their own little office, a whole bunch of female hobgoblins and... 
mean, I thought it was hilarious. So those uh, guys, you basically played against the Vogons. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, or, or the Jadoon. Yeah, the Norks. Yeah, the Norks the reminded Norks. me of kind of not too bright Jadoon. Yeah. You know, very, the very, you know, it's all about following the rules. They may not understand the rules, but they know they have to be followed. So. <laughs> Even at one point, Frank said, you know, it's like, really? Y'all are going to stay? Okay, well, that's pretty lawful of you guys, but okay, whatever. <laughs> so. See, that would flip some people out, but that is so old school, it just makes my heart sing. It is. I, I felt oh, yeah. like I was in a, in a little judge, du- yeah, I felt like I was in a little judge's guild module. It's like, this is so cool. <laughs> or like, yeah, like the right on a stick. Adventure where you're going down in the dungeon to open up a fast food franchise for the monsters. Yep. Stick. Oh, I have to go back a day in time, but that was your stellar move in the DCC game, Liz, was when you fed that cat. Because I had just remarked, if this was a Judges Guild adventure, that cat would be some kind of demigod in disguise. And then you go and feed the cat, and the next thing we hit, the cat blew it to shreds. Boom. Boom. It's a giant undead albino alligator. And cat goes, Meow. Good thing my, my character didn't eat it after all. Oh, I'm going to go back two two days, and uh, I understand Jim was disappointed in the one we didn't hit a cat in a jar. We didn't find a cat in a jar. Oh, we went downstairs to see the map so fast we missed the cat in a jar in B1. Oh, yeah, in the B1 game. Yeah. Uh, we can't all be fortunate enough to have cats in jars. Now there's always next year. Yeah, if we can get in there next year, we'll look for the the, so, the pickled cat. So, Glenn, what did you do Saturday? Saturday? Um, oh, Saturday. So, I, once again, I cruised around during the day, uh, schmoozing, looking at games. And Saturday night was the Tunnels and Trolls game run by Ken St. Andre. And it was, among the players was me, Odinist, and Brad, and we had the time of our lives. They thought he was the best DM, and it was, it was just, he was running the, uh, today is, uh, as we record this, yesterday was free RPG day, and one of the things you can get is a module for Tunnels and Trolls Deluxe, and that's what he was running there. Okay. And uh, it was just a whole lot of fun. I never ran up against a lava dillo before. <laughs> a what? Lava dillo. An okay, that's not what I thought you said the first time. <laughs> Armadillo made of lava. Okay. <laughs> and that's better than where my mind went. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> but he basically taught us how to play it, more or less. And once again, Odinus did not have, couldn't wipe that grin off his face. He was laughing all, all through the time. We had the, ser- by the way, thank you, Serving Wenches, for helping us at the con, for everybody. Uh, yeah, they had two, two very nice, pretty young ladies who were willing to Olivia. basically come up to tables and take orders from people and go get food, drink, whatever. Yeah, so you didn't have to leave the game if you wanted to eat. <laughs> Unfortunately, yep. Olivia had to deal with the Tunnels and Trolls table, which means Ken decided to challenge her in a test of fitness. We'll see how long they could they could be down. How did they do it? It looked like they were doing push-ups, but he was on his arm, and she got on one arm, and it's like, somebody count. And I started counting. One, two, three, and she bailed at two minutes. And Ken's <laughs> until about three or four, just to prove he still had it. It was like wow. It was like walking, watching Jack Palance at the Oscars. 
They were I hope so he prof- tipped the crap out of her. Yep. <laughs> he did. They were so professional and sweet too because they obviously weren't gamers. Uh, Doug hired them to do that at the con, but uh, one of them caught me outside and said, at Mike's B1 game, she was in the room taking orders when I got my sucking chest wound and she caught me outside later. Are, are you still dead? Are you, are you back in the game yet? <laughs> well, that's cool. I, I got Saturday afternoon, I got to sit down and talk to Olivia and, uh, she was, she's, she, she said she's married with a daughter and it's like, how soon can you infect them with this? Can you bring them to the next convention? <laughs> Your husband down here to run something. Cause he started asking, do they have people in costumes down here? And I said, no, it's not that kind. Wearing of funny hats and wearing fu- well, well, funny, funny ears. But yeah. other than that, <laughs> but it's like I tried my best to sell role playing in the con to her. Cool. Hopefully, she'll be here next there next year. Not only as a serving wench, but maybe as a player. Who knows? Yeah, I hope they got got tipped well enough to you know be willing to do it next year because I, they were invaluable to to gaming. Well, I gave them as much as I could. I think I. Was milking the the shoulder thing a little, but <laughs> hey, I got a free, I got a free Pepsi out of it, so hey. So, but anyway, it was it was a great game, and uh, I'm sorry I had you know once again I had to bail early, but it was you know they went on for another ten minutes and everybody left anyway. But uh, it, Ken is a great DM, I think, and he's a lot of fun. Okay, I still think we should have him on the show, but that uh, we'll see. Um, I'm not going to push any further than that. So, Tunnels and Trolls is not classic D&D. Tunnels and Trolls is OSR. Right. So, so you could talk to Dizzy. No, I'll talk to Jim. Jim, my boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm him on the DCC show? No, that's right. I keep thinking that Jim's doing that OSR show. No, no, it's Dizzy. Okay. Well, so, speaking of Jim, what did you do Saturday? Um... Saturday evening was Michael Curtis's game, The Great Stone Hell Laser Massacre. <laughs> I like signing up for a game with the word massacre in the title because you know what you're getting. And it did what it said on the tin. And it was kind of like Were there basic. lasers? The, it was uh, Labyrinth Lord and Mutant Future Rules. Uh, and, of course, Mike is the author of uh, Stone Hell Dungeon. And what? the scenario was basically we were a bunch of Gam World mutants who tripped through a portal and landed in the bowels of Stone Hell Dungeon. Oh, D&D so. and Gamble World together? That's, that's kind of cool. Well, that's well, what, was, <laughs> what was neat was it was like the inverse of Expedition to the Barrier. I was piece. just going to say the reverse of that. <laughs> and I, I, hands down the funnest game I play at the whole convention because, oh, my God. I mean, everything. And, and, he, and he, right up front he said, you guys can metagame all you want. Let your characters know what they're fighting. And that didn't stop two uh, intelligent plants from going right up to the stone golems to talk to them to see if they were robots. And two saving throws later, they were both dead. So first ten minutes of the game, two players went out. They were salad. <laughs> but uh, iron golems, displacer beasts, orc shamans, uh, evil magic users, bugbears, a T-Rex, you know, and we're in there with laser rifles and goss rifles and frag grenades. Uh, the deck of many things showed up in the game. We looted Uh-oh. the evil mage. I know. It was awesome. No, I felt so bad because I, I found it. I looted the guy, and you find a deck of cards and a silk handkerchief, and everybody, the whole table goes, deck of many things, and I like, I put it in my backpack. We are not doing that till we get to the end of the dungeon. We're not doing that, oh, right? Oh, come on. I know. I had my, Tim gets on me. I had my con face on where we're getting through this alive no matter what. But the guy sitting next to me, I wish I could remember his name. He was the nicest guy in maybe the early 40s, and he started 
looking at me and he goes, I've played D&D my whole life and I've never gotten a chance at the deck of anything. So I'm like, all right, dude, when we get to the end of this, we'll whip it out. And so we succeed. We massacre an entire gladiator arena full of goblins. Tell me you didn't draw the void. Let me get to it. <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> and we get the gate to get back home. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So, I mean, just like every game I ever freaking played that had the deck of many things, he was first up, that guy, the same guy. And he's like, I know I'll, I know the classic blunder. I'm not going to make it. I only draw one card. The void. Boom. Ah. Oh. So yeah. seeing that, the next player in line goes, well, that won't happen to me. <laughs> draw yeah. the card. Death. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's hardly the only bad card in the deck. So at the end of the game, after we completely won, half the party wiped because oh, of that many things. <laughs> but it was, I mean, we were laughing. It was funny at a certain point. Which cool. reminds well, me, Mike. My... It's a lot easier to take risks with a with convention character. Yeah. Mike was very disappointed that the guy that drew death didn't uh, win because he had a shot. Apparently, he was reading out of the Labyrinth Lord rules, but apparently in that version, death was immune to – and there's this laundry list of things he's immune to, which was basically everything we could do to him except the guy who drew the card had a Gauss rifle, and he checked it. He goes, nope, you can hit him with that, and he got two shots and just tanked both rolls. Which reminds me, Mike, Liz, you didn't, get in, you didn't do any Metamorphosis Alpha this year. Not this year. Not this year, no. Because normally we do um normally we do um Jim Ward's game Saturday. Yeah, Saturday morning. And this time we had signed up for Taco John's instead because we hadn't seen him at all at the con last year. So it's like, oh, we're going to get in his game this year because we didn't get to see him last year. And yeah. then we oversleep and we're totally lame and missed out on that. So we probably would have missed Jim's game if we had right. signed up okay. for his instead. Oh, that's true. Well, then Jim got Jim got the Jim got the experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a shame you you weren't there because we got the whole party through in one piece, except for one guy who kept wanting to poke things, and he sort of died of friendly fire. If you know what I mean. <laughs> sort of. What happens when you poke things. But nine nine of us pulled through Jim's adventure alive, and that's the first time for me to get out of one of his games in one piece. I think yeah. Mike and I have only managed it once. Mm-hmm. We've played with him like what four times? Three or four times. Four yeah. times now, and we've only managed to be alive once, and that was several years ago. The last but, few times we've played with him, we got killed. <laughs> but dying was so much fun. <laughs> oh, and before we move from Saturday night, uh, mm-hmm. I haven't talked to him yet, but it seemed like uh, Full On Gamers BattleTech game went great. Cool. Hope you made cool. it back to base after the game. <laughs> yeah. I hope so, too. I still can't believe that he drives up there, runs this game for several hours, and then immediately packs up and drives all the way back into Oklahoma. I know, but that's... To get the, back to base. Like, how do wow. you live? <laughs> so that's the army, you know. Yeah. Uh, hopefully one year he'll be able to stay all four days. That would be nice. I'd like to, you know, have do some D&D with him or something. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. But I'd okay, like to see well, his battle tech keep, keep going on, too. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Sunday, Liz and I just, we didn't game. We just sat around chatting with people. You know, that was pretty much our Sunday. Yeah, it was pack up pack up and go. I was I was supposed to be playing it uh, in Zeb Cook's BX game, but since 
I was, since Matt and uh, Brad decided to help me get home and stuff and they were leaving, it's like, sorry, Zach, right, try, yeah, yeah. try it again next year. So that's the second game I missed. So I got, I got about half my games in this time. So. Okay. So I'm. Jim? Oh, sorry. Glenn, go ahead. No, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Jim? Well, Sunday was nice because I, I didn't schedule any games. And Sunday's always like the melancholy day of the convention. But uh, you and Liz and I got to just sit and hang out in the lobby. I mean, it, it's, it's thrilling and as much fun as it was to get to game with you for the first time. You know, that's gaming. And then even outside smoking, everybody's still just excited and chattering. It was nice just to kick back and actually get to know you guys for reals. Yeah. Yeah. Although you were talking about the the hotel Screwing up your buffet charge, Glenn. Yeah. It's worse what happened to us. Apparently, my friend Ben, while we were meeting him for breakfast at 9 before he had to go fly off, he snuck behind our back and paid our hotel bill. Whoa. That bastard. Who does he think he is? Creep. Whoa. But the thing is, he did that, but we didn't know he'd done it. So we put our breakfasts on our room tab, Oops. which had already been paid, and we were already checked out, but we didn't know it. <laughs> and so and we're sitting at the table with Jim. And four hours later. <laughs> like 1 p.m., our waiter from the morning comes up to us and says, um, we tried to run your your breakfast, you know, through your room charge, but it's not going. <laughs> it's mm. like, so we had to pay the thing, you know. Which is fine, but I was just like four hours. It took you four hours to yeah. do this. Yeah. They had a, they but, had a, yeah. They had a, I understand they had a little communication problem between the shifts in the hotel, but I think they ironed that out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and know. Besides, the, the, worst comes to worst, we had a free breakfast. So, you know. That's true. But uh, well, we, de- we definitely don't want to make it sound like there were issues at the venue. Cause oh, the hell venue no. Oh, hell, the, the venue was no. great. Yes, the problem is you might end up with free food. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just, just just be careful of the tubs. But, and that uh, was that was nice to get to uh, hang with Janelle. I mean, I, I presume was. you guys had you had met her and known her before, but that was the first time I'd met her. And uh, what's her partner named Kathy? Um, Rebecca. 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 Sorry, yeah. it was great to get to meet them and get to know them. Yeah, yeah. they were cool. She didn't care for the name of my character, but other than that. Um, well, What'd you name your character, Glenn? Abe Flatula. <laughs> I can't imagine why there would have been a problem with that name. I let you out of Janelle my Janelle just doesn't like minutes. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you I'll, go. I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> don't we have? Don't we have something uh, from? Uh, didn't, didn't Jim? Didn't you talk to Bad Mike too? Yes, I did. He did. He did. In fact, let's go listen to that right now. Okay. This is a Save or Die special report. This is DM Jim, and I'm here at the North Texas RPG Con uh, with Mike Badalotto, who is uh, one of the con founders. Yes. And co-runners. Co-founder, yes. And just general great guy. You're everywhere all at once. You're omnipresent. Uh, Well, I uh, try to help Doug out as best I can while I'm here, and also run my own booth. And, uh, uh, yeah, so I'm here helping him out, too. So, um... What do you actually do for the con? Um, actually, I'm, uh, Doug does almost all the financial stuff, and I'm really more... I, I When we began the con, I knew more of the people involved. I'd been to Gen Con in 2007, 2008, so I knew 
um, Tim Cask and Frank Mincer and Rob Koontz, and I was able to get them in contact with Doug because uh, when I came back, I told him how much fun I had at Gen Con, but all the events that I had fun on were off the grid. We didn't do, I didn't do any, I didn't sign up for anything. So everything that we, uh, uh, want to say goodbye, my friend? Yeah, thanks for having me. As Jeff Tlainian comes in, we'll say goodbye. That's fine. In the middle of the podcast. (laughs) Jeff? It was great to meet you. Jeff Tlainian, say hello to the listeners of Save or Die. Hey, hello, listeners of Save or Die. Excelsior! <laughs> That's great. Have a, have a great trip. Great things. We love the convention. We have people like Jeff Tlainian just popping. Yeah. For the, but uh, but yeah, anyway, we, we, we talked about uh, how, how much fun it had, and he said we should do something down here because there's nothing in the South that does old school. And that, that was one of the reasons we did a lot of off-the-grid games at Gen Con is there's not a lot. At the time, 2007, 2008, it's really... Right at the genesis of the OSR, there wasn't a lot of old school events at the con, so we had our own. One of the games we ran was a Teagle Manor game. Uh, we did some first edition stuff with Frank and Tim, so it just kind of evolved from there. And I was able to put Doug in contact with these people. And uh, we've talked with uh, you would never know it now because this convention is so tightly organized and so well run with live video feeds. Um, you'd never know that Doug hadn't run a convention before this. Actually, he'd never been to a convention even. He's never been to a convention. And so that's nothing I was able to bring to the table is I've been going to comic book and game conventions since the early 80s. But uh, Doug uh, is a business owner, and he's a very, very good business owner. He does very well. And so he was able to bring that to the table. And that uh, We run the convention like a business. Um, one of the things that somebody had said about us once is uh, uh, people in the con industry are not as efficient as we are. And um, we usually have everything wrapped up for the con by July. We'll have everything for the next year. So that helps quite a bit, uh, Doug's organizational skills. That's pretty organized. Yes, very much so. He likes to get everything done. Really, he likes to have the guests confirm and the venue and everything done by by then. I know my podcast mates were on me that you have to sign up for Bad Mike's game. Right. You have to sign up for his B one adventure, and now I know why. I mean, did you do that every con? Yeah, we had a great time. This is the third year that I've run B one in Search of the Unknown, and I started running it because um, I realized at the time we didn't have any. Uh, uh, events at the con that were actually old school modules. Everybody was running their own original stuff. And I, when I asked people what they would like to run, they said, well, anything. They said, but B1 is something I would ask them, have you ever gone through B1? They said, no, I've never done that. And that's probably the uh, adventure I've run the most in my entire life. And so I thought, well, that'd be fun if we had that event at the con. And so far, it's been a real big success. And we've had fun every year we've run it. It was fantastic. I hadn't set foot in that module in 30 years, and uh, we had a great time. We didn't die, not for lack of trying. <laughs> yeah, we had, we had three close calls, but, yeah, y'all were able to use some teamwork to come out of that alive. Um, uh, it's, just a, it's a really, really interesting adventure because it's so open-ended, and um, most people that run it, if they, like you said, if you've been through it, it's been so long, but the, the way the module was written, uh, you place the treasures and monsters within, so even if you've gone through it several times it's still always something new there and I, ha- I actually have five different versions that I run based on different scenarios that I created through the years so everything everyone is slightly different you could play in my game I had a couple people that were in my game uh, Liz had been in it last year Liz Stewart and um, a couple other people that had done it before but it was still different because they ran a different scenario I'll be there and loaded for Barrett next year because uh, my only disappointment was we didn't get to the cat in the jar we, we skipped out and went downstairs <laughs> yes you all went a different direction you went you went downstairs because well I, I had one of the members he actually had hand drawn maps of the uh, of Quaz Katan 
and the maps were so beautiful we had to get to the lower level to see how how he'd done the lower level maps. Those maps were beautiful. I yes. mean, scale, 25 millimeter scaled hand-drawn, hand-drawn pencil maps. maps on huge craft paper. Well, one of the things I do when I run the modules, I uh, I encourage them to bring their own copies of Quaskaton. And, you know, it may seem really counterintuitive. Well, I don't make, you don't make a map. They already have the maps. But it's, with Quaskaton, it's been out there so long. It's not like you're trying to hide anything from the, from the players. And um, it's not about the map when I do the dungeon. I don't care if they have the map. Matter of fact, it makes it, uh, for con games, sometimes you don't want to get bogged down in that. You want to get as much adventure as you can in four to six hours. It's more about what they're going to discover when they try to use the map. It's, or things exactly as they're written. Uh, this room is, looks like this, but, you know, I, it there, looks like there's a statue in there. There's actually a statue in there. And actually, one of the things you would encounter is, uh, in the original module, there's a statue that in my book is quite different from the, or my adventure is quite different than the actual adventure. So I don't mind people having the map and the fact that um, uh, Chris Fuller drew the maps, which was really kind of a neat bonus for us. So if you're out there listening and you want to sign up for Bad Mike's B1 game and North Texas RPG Con 2014, you need to pre-register and the second the forum's open at midnight central time or, or whenever it is, you need to be right there and get in. Now, I'm going to brag about this, um, and this is the truth. Uh, my game has filled up the quickest of any game uh, for the three years. And so um, I do have bragging rights. Some people like Frank Mincer and Tim Kask and uh, Rob Koontz is that my game usually fills up within five minutes of the forum's opening. So that's a, I think that's less a test, testament to me just a testament to the fact that we don't, uh, a lot of people don't run an actual old school adventure. I'm probably the only person that actually runs something like B1. So I think it's more of a testament. Basic D&D, B1, yes, races uh, class. Right, right. Exactly. Save versus die. Yeah. <laughs> How good is that? Yes. And then, uh, as it is every year, I always meet people that I know online that I have never seen before. And some of the people I've known for quite a few years. Uh, one of the fellows that played our game last night, Chris Fuller, I've known him online for almost 10 years, and that's the first time we met. <clears throat> and it's the same with a lot of people. Obviously, Jim, other people from the podcast, I've pretty much met everybody now. Uh, and meeting Glenn a few years ago was really fun. He's just a, he's a really great guy. Um, actually, live near, near Liz and Mike Stewart, so, uh, but it's fun to see him every year because uh, they, they always come. So, And, of course, Jim this year was really interesting to meet him. So, I think you just pinpointed my favorite part of, of being here is getting to meet people that I only know through the old-school gaming community online. Right, right. Which is why I, I can't help but call you Bad Mike. Yeah, it's, well, it's a really good, and it's a, it's a great community, too. Um, I always say every year we've had this, I always say I've never met anybody I've actively disliked. <laughs> I've met, but but everybody I've almost everybody I've met that I knew online, I, I really, really enjoy meeting them face to face. Well I know just my personal thanks for the effort you guys put into sure, this because well, I mean the the, the, the the venue, the the games, everything is just one thing we hear every year from uh, attendees and also the staff of places we stay is that is that y'all were so nice. And I think that's true. I think that's the old school community is that just that sort of person. So most of the attendees, and actually it's really interesting too, we have a, <clears throat> a lot of the uh, uh, people we invite, like special guests, like especially Errol Otis, they actually play in the games. And they're always uh, very complimentary of the other attendees, people that, you know, bought their games when they were younger. I hadn't even thought that far ahead. It blew my mind. You know, it's one thing to come to a convention where, you know, you can sign up for Errol's game. Right. But I go to uh, Mike Curtis's game, and there's Errol next to me, and we're, and we're, and we're in the same party. Well, er- party. Errol's probably the extreme, because Errol will play in every single session you have. A lot of people don't know that. If, if you p- come to NTRPG Gone, you have a better than average chance of sitting in the game with Errol Otis, because he uses this 
convention to play in every single game. He does one, run one game that takes all day Saturday. But other than that, uh, all he wants to do is game constantly. Sometimes it's hard to catch up with him. So, yeah, Errol's probably at the extreme of that. Well, because we're both from Cincinnati, I, I know Tim Caskin. I've never seen Tim play more than at this time. Tim, uh, guys like some of you guys like Tim and Frank and Rob, they like to DM. That's what they, that's what they do. And Frank says it's like a vocation. And it's just something that you, right. that you do. Frank would run a game of recession if we let him. Uh, we don't like him to run that many games. We like him to relax. But uh, most of some of the older guys don't like to play as much. But there's certain guys. Errol's one. Steve Winter uh, will play in any any session. Uh, I saw a few people playing in sessions that I didn't uh, see the year before. So you know it's. It's uh, Jeff D. Sometimes we play in a session. And he likes to run games, but he also likes to sit in. Also, so. I, I got to play Bunnies and Burrows with Jeff D. In the yes, Jeff D. And, and, and Dennis Sister, the creator of Bunnies and Burrows, was running the game, which yeah, is yeah. really amazing. How many times do you get a chance to play a game with a guy who created it? Well, that game not very often because he had told me. I asked him when the last time he'd run a Bunnies and Burrows at convention, and I, I'm pretty sure it was 30 years ago was the last time. So that was a really really cool event, and uh, I, I saw the. That y'all were having a pretty good time wearing your bunny ears in there. Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> I, I hate to be a complete geek, but if you were on the fence about whether or not to come to this con and you happen to be some kind of game collector, I never saw such an assemblage of things. I, I mean, I bought a Jack Vance paperback that I haven't personally owned in 40 years. Yeah, as you could saw last night at the auction, it's a part of the con. We had a tournament module go for over $2,100 in the auction there, and it's probably something that most fans or most uh, gamers have never heard of, you know. Well, as a spectator, that's kind of fun to see, but there's, I mean, I, there's an old issue of Pegasus Magazine. I had some art in from 1980, and I found a copy here. Yes. You know, for four bucks or seven bucks or something. That's another thing, too. When we had the con, you go to a lot of cons, and they don't have, uh, uh, you'll find a lot of remainder stuff, and it's usually third edition. That's as far back as a lot of cons go with old stuff. So we try to have vendors that also, uh, kind of, uh, this year I think we had, um, we had Black Blade Publishing. We had Jeff. Uh, Jeff set up and was selling his astonishing swordsmen and sorcerers. So we try to have vendors that uh, kind of project our own little worldview of old school gaming. Well, it was fantastic, and I just me personally, I can't thank you guys enough for making this. Well, a thanks reality. for coming. I really hope to see you here every year now. Oh, I'm in now. I, I know you had a great time. I, yeah, I saw you smiling every time I saw you. You had a gigantic smile on your face. Okay, well, thank you for talking to yeah, us. Yeah, it was great to meet you, Jim. Uh, we so keep saying having the cameo by Jeff Delanian. Yeah, there you go. That's right. That's what happens when you try to take the little business computer area and use turn it into a podcast studio. Yeah. Look, look okay to me. <laughs> people walking in and things. Yeah. So that was the thing at the con because I got to meet all these people in the OSR community I only know from online prior to this. And so like Mike Badalotto, I couldn't call him Mike Badalotto. I had to keep calling him Bad Mike. Yeah. It's yeah. a it's a habit with me. I was like, "Hey, bed mic or mic, bed mic, that kind of thing." And let's talk about some of the other stuff. The con, like you know, like the auction and and the raffle and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the the swag section. Although yeah. before we start, yes, did any of y'all meet Zach from Lesser Known Publications? Yes, I did. Oh my god, I got cool. my gnome. Cool. We 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 missed him somehow, and we we had the T-shirts he gave us. That's you never weird. got to see him. No. I'll see. This is the, this is oh. a smoking thing again because he's a smoker. Ah, <laughs> but uh, Zach. I mean, the lesser gnome and Zach uh, sponsored the celebrity D and D game so that people could attend and spectate without paying. That's right. I want to say he also helped to sponsor the the serving winches too. He did. He did. 
That was yeah. so he was incredibly helpful for you know this year's convention. And Kudos to T-shirt with the name with the word ilk on it. So you can't <laughs> yes. also find that. Yes, Mike's T-shirt from the Lesser Gnome Games for the Kickstarter mm-hmm. actually had the word ilk on it, which Mike is rather infamous for using okay. himself. And so thigh. Okay, well, kudos, kudos to Zach. Yeah. So an efficacious use of your favorite word. Yes, yes. indeed. So, Even if it did have gnomes on it. So my my uh, roommate Greg was the runner-up in the Three Castles Award. Yay! Jeff D. won for Cave Master. Yay! Uh, Deservedly so. For what Deservedly I so. When I understand, um, it was neck and neck between the two of them. Yeah, I do think I do agree with the the idea though that you know in a way I don't I don't know that it's fair to compare a game system with a an adventure. You know, it, it it's. To a degree, if you're talking about excellence in design, it's kind of apples and oranges. True, true. Um, uh, but I'm glad Clay, Cave Master got. You know, if if yeah. if a game had to win, I'm glad it was Cave Master. And, and I'm you know I'm glad that that Greg got up. You know, got that close. I mean, that's still good. Kudos for him. Good. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. More Nothing people will buy it. Oh yeah. Well, this is this is one of the things we can highlight to listeners that have never been to North Texas RPG Con because anybody can go to Gen Con and sign up for one of Frank Mincer's games or uh, you know a game run by somebody from the company or the writer. North Texas RPG Con, you show up at the table and you're sitting and playing with Jeff D and Errol Lotus and Janelle. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And next thing you know, you're rooming with them. Yeah, and frequently <laughs> sit around and BS with them and. Tim oh, Cass yeah. was even playing games as a player. I've never seen him do that. I mean, at a at a con. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And well, let's see what else we had. We had the raffle, which there was a lot. There were like mostly bags of stuff. Yeah, we didn't win at all this year. I got half no. of Greg's because he didn't want to take it on the plane. <laughs> so, so I've got a couple of cool comic books for uh, Foglio comic books and a few other things. Um. And um, and it was. Like was saying a lot of people who won weren't even there. I know. I know. He, <laughs> he decided to change the policy of like if you don't show, we convert it to raffle tickets. Well, about twenty things were converted to raffle tickets that people won. And they, wow! It's like no, that's not working. Let's try something else. Well, I forgot. We I forgot about it, so I'm a loser. Yeah, I was going to say, we can't criticize because we weren't there. Yeah. Um, the uh, the auction, which was ran by um, Frank Metzer, yeah. who is a heck of a good auctioneer. He's a hell of an auctioneer. <laughs> um, he just he's nice to listen to. I was watching Bad Mike's game uh, booth while he was uh, while he was up there, and I was just listening to Frank, and I was going, wow, this is great. <laughs> and that well, was in a 15 years of doing the auction at Gen Con, Frank's probably true. leveled a few times. True. Mm-hmm. Now, what was that one, the last final item? It was a module they only made like 50 of? Yeah, a tournament module. of. Gen- I cannot remember the name of Gen it. Gen Con 4 or 8? Something like. And yeah, it was it, one of the, the like 1984 Gen Con tournament module. Yes, it went for $2,100. Holy God. Cracker. <laughs> Got that right. My first... Car didn't cost twenty one hundred dollars, and I said I didn't know we had that caliber collector in this convention. Yeah, wow, <laughs> whoa! 
Well, this this it sounds like I didn't see most of the auction, but it sounds like this is like Gary Con because there are people who come to Gary Con to swing that kind of dough around. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'd love to have twenty one hundred dollars just sitting free and clear to be able to put on something like that. But quite frankly, we don't. Yeah, I. It, <laughs> it, it's fun to watch too, but yeah, it's fun to watch. But I feel like a plebe up in the nosebleed section of the Coliseum watching it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you played Circus Maximus too. Okay. I did. <laughs> you did? I did. Well, not at this convention, but I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So what? So what did you guys get, Mike, Liz? Well, uh, we picked up a miniature of the Demon Prince Garion okay. from the Monster Manual. Ah. They were selling that one and Orcus. We already had an Orcus figure mm-hmm. from. I think it was from Reaper. Yeah, I, I don't know. Have- but anyway. We already had a big Orcus figure, so I wanted to lunge and get the Garion figure. Okay. Um, I wish they had those, those center stage miniatures, demons and devils, are some good miniatures. Yeah. We also picked up a female, um, is it a frost giant? Frost giant. Female frost, yeah, female frost giant. They were oh, you got, oh, you got the selling module. that was based on frost giants, and as part of buying the module, you got a free frost giant. What was the price on that? I never, I never, Matt was selling them. 25 I think. That's yeah, I think it was $25. That's and not bad. And the I mini, so ex- yeah. I was so excited that uh, Center Stage had those really cool kobolds, and then Liz is like, oh, I've got hundreds of kobolds already. <laughs> She does. I'm like, dope. I should have known that. And going back to the minis thing, it's because... Cobalts, orcs, and goblins. we got a billion of them. Yeah, so many of our minis, our PC ones especially, are the old 25 mil, the Grenadier, Ralpartha, etc. size. You know, we we don't buy many PC minis anymore because most of them come out 28 to 30 mil and they're hulking compared to (laughs) ones. Now with monsters, you can get away with having, you know, because Hulk, the monster is an extra two or three millimeters tall. Big deal. Yeah. I'm in the same spot. I know what you mean. Yeah. I also noticed they had uh, the guy who does, uh, I can't remember the name of the company. They had the usual suspects like Black Blade was there and Frog God was there and, uh, but the guy who published the Astonishing Swordsman and Saucers of Hyperborea was there. Jeff Polanian, yeah. Yeah, Jeff Polanian, I was sore tempted to buy that box set until <laughs> Frog God made me an offer I couldn't refuse. <laughs> and I don't know why they stuck Frog God all the way in the back around the corner. Uh, they wanted to be with their gaming is what I understood. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but Bad Mike's... Uh, little area. I thought I'd died and gone to Judges Guild Heaven. I, oh, like, isn't that hey, nice? wait. Isn't Pegasus that? number four. I'm in this. I get another copy. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> You're in Pegasus number four? I managed to yeah. get a I get a managed to get a copy of Dungeon Geomorphs. Still shrink wrapped. Oh um, I showed Glenn. I didn't show you guys. It's you know, it's best art I could do at age nineteen, so you know yeah. Yeah. really we picked, nice. up, picked up what? We picked up a copy of Judges Guild Journal and uh the Dungeoneer, but turns out we already had copies of it after I got home. Um, uh, Frog God, last year, the one, you know, the you always have, every year you have the one that got away, the one I just couldn't, you can't, just can't swing. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, it was Tome of Horrors Complete. They were selling it again this year. I made that my vow all year to get that book. A <laughs> hundred dollar book. Yeah. I, I, I like Frog God stuff, but and, it, uh, I wow, they are catalogs. So, so, okay, hang on, hang on. I got to call you out, sir. A hundred bucks for tomb, complete Tomahar is 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 okay, but you can't go forty for DCC. 
DCC wasn't 40. Yes, it was. No, it was. It was 100. Mm-hmm. Did you call classics? Well, the, the regular rule book with the first edition covers 40, and then they had the, the brand-new Jeff Easley cover one, and those were 60. Okay, but which one was the most complete? I mean, the most up-to-date. Um, well, the, it's, yeah, the same, it's the same rules. It's just different covers. Oh, you might be thinking I, of the gold foil one from like last I, uh, year. That's the one I saw last year. I, that's what I was thinking. I thought they were all. It was all. Uh, they were all hundred bucks. That's why I didn't get it. That gold foil one, I think, retailed for eighty. What, oh. You can't get them anymore. Everybody snapped them up. But anyway, Tome of War is complete. I see it there. I want it so bad. I don't know, you know. And I look at. I, I could swing it, but. And then they brought out this one. And, oh, this one. No, that one we dropped in the parking lot. I said, can you give me a discount on it? He says, yeah, 80. And uh, I looked at my money and says, no, nah, the highest I can go is 50. I'm sorry. I turned around and go, I'll take 50. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I guess. Yeah. Deal. Yes. They had a Swords and Wizardry <laughs> version of Repentathuck that I was tempted. But then I looked at if they wanted 100 bucks for it. Uh, and uh, no. Try well, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about how friendly everybody was in general at the convention because I've got a very specific example. I mean, just all kinds of camaraderie and I can help you out stuff. But uh, I ran into somebody at the con who found out that because we play in uh, Angry Muck's basic expert uh, game that I was on a grail quest to get the Mulvey Cook rules and uh, couldn't find them. All the old stuff they had there, there was nobody around with a copy. So this person I was talking to at the convention just reached in their bag and handed me both books and says, here, have my player copies. They're beat up. I've got better copies at home. Then later came back to me in the middle of a game and said, give me those back and handed me two pristine copies. <laughs> well, How nice. friendly is that? Yeah. Well, it is an eye for a while, especially on Saturday. We couldn't walk a dozen paces without somebody, you know, saying hi, stopping us, you know, including several listeners, one from yeah. California. And Half the time, people would stop us after they heard us talking to each other and say, I think I recognize your voices. Are you, Are you- from Save or Die? <laughs> <laughs> for real? Yes, for real. Yeah. just from just from hearing us talking to each other, they would then you know you know tap us on the shoulder and say, "Hey." Yeah, that happened in the restaurant. I was telling my brother, I'm never going to get used to that thing because for the first 37 of your your first 37 years of my life, hey, are you Jim Wampler? Was always followed by something bad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know who gave? I was talking about who gave me the rule books, right? Mm. Glenn. Yeah. I went over That's to, the reason I have my Bunnies and Burrows rules. Mm-hmm. I know. I gave my my trash copies, and I took them back when I found out uh, Diesel had a a set. And I said, I gave him here, 15 bucks. Boom. I'll give these to Jim. I knew you bought those from Diesel. I knew it. Yeah, because I told you about them, and you didn't do anything. So it's like, here, he must have good books. Here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Glenn was passing the karma. That's all. I'm passing it. I, I probably should have got them signed by Errol before before I gave them to you, but I forgot. Um, oh, and oh, the nice thing happened to me too when I was uh, on a break from the uh, B one game. I was sitting mm-hmm. there talking outside, talking to Greg, and uh, I get this message from Vince saying, "There's a guy at the con who wants to see me about something." 
So I said, well, I'm over here. Okay, fine. Goes, was Vince goes, at the con? Vince was not at the con, but it went through Vince. <laughs> okay, that's hey, weird. Well, anyway, the guy comes up. He says, I listened to Save or Die, and you mentioned that you're lamenting you didn't have a copy of Tunnels and Trolls. Well, here, he has me this beat-up box of Tunnels and Trolls. Here, I got this and a bunch of stuff. I've had it for years. I don't want it. Here, take it. And it was a complete set. Wow. Of fifth edition. I said, whoa, thank you. Keep listening. <laughs> Although speaking of swag, um, you know, I was finally able to get Liz a, another box set of the Holmes Basic. Good. Yeah. Thanks to Glenn pointing out to us while we were walking in the lobby. It's like, yep. hey, there's a guy selling a box set. Twenty five, <laughs> yeah. That's, oh, that's a deal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, the box I, is I a little paid, beat up, yeah, but it's still. I only still... paid twenty for it, not twenty five. Oh, but okay. He but... was going to let me have it for just ten, but I felt like a criminal for even considering the <laughs> offer. You need a little more larceny, girl. You need a little more larceny in your. You're so yeah. lawful. <laughs> but yeah, it. The box is still intact. I mean, it's not oh. you know, messed up, and everything inside is fine, including the chits mm-hmm. are un- uncut. Right. By the, I'm by sure the, all of this happens at like big cons, but I yeah. just, it's just more distilled and focused there. My by the way, I genius do. moment of the whole con was uh, because Tim has family down in Texas. He was having uh, breakfast in the uh, restaurant with his grandson and granddaughter, and I got to walk up to them and hand them a couple of comic books and go, your grandpa Tim is in these comic books, see if you can find them. <laughs> <laughs> that made me very happy. Well, by the by the way, and sincerely, I would like to. I am very sorry. I cannot remember the guy who gave me the TNT box, but I would like to say thank you very much. And if you want to write in and say, "Hey, it was me," I'll thank you again. Yes, so, that's what we told pretty much any of the people who came up and thanked us as Save or Die uh-huh. listeners. We said, "Write it to the show." Yeah, cause I'm sorry I don't remember your name, but you know, I'm sorry about that. But thank you again. Anyway. That's okay. Glenn doesn't remember our names half the time. So Who are you? Yeah, see? <laughs> All right. Final grade. Uh, before we go, so while we're still talking about swag, <laughs> um, getting back to lesser-known games, they're running a Kickstarter right now, which is part of the reason why, you know, we had all the cool swag to wear at the convention to try and help promote it. They're doing a RPG adventure box set, and it's coming with a whole bunch of 28 millimeter minis. They've far surpassed their goal. Their their goal, and they're well into stretch goals. So you've at the time that we're doing this recording, they've got 19 more days that you can get in on this. And if you are interested, you know the minis look really cool. You know the ones that we have seen. We haven't seen everything, obviously, but we've gotten a couple of, you know, examples to take a look at, and I think it would be, it would be worth your time to at least check out their Kickstarter page. Um, there's a lot of- gotta be cool if Mike wears a t-shirt with a gnome on it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so, as I say, at the time of this recording, there's 19 days left, you know, go and Go check it out. You can get a, a lot of pretty cool goblin and different types of minis going on right now. Actually, I'll help publicize anybody's Kickstarter who asks me, right. but I will only say this is worthy of your time and attention when it when I mean it, and this is worthy of your time and attention. 
And Mike, Mike actually got bushwhacked by me, and I shoved the shirt on him. So, <laughs> <laughs> just don't, just don't wear that shirt to your two uh, E games. So oh, you don't he get shoved, wanted to shove down a well or something. <laughs> <laughs> he he, was, he was going to wear it, you know, in front of Mead because she's you know the gnome ooh. the gnome killer. <laughs> and I want to add one more thing. One more thing. One more thing. I want to One call more. out Mr. Vincent Florio for texting me. I mean, thank you for telling me about the guy, but texting me during the con saying, I'm not coming. It's not worth it to me. I already had to give him a little static about that because I, I wanted you? to get and meet and game with him, too. Yes. You have fans here. Please come. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, Make what you can, I guess. I mean, there was that guy who played that Marvel superheroes game we played last year. Wanted to Montana. You want yeah. yeah, Montana wanted to play some more. Yeah. And uh, I know I couldn't run it, but you know that's Vince. That was Vince's baby. You know. Mm. <laughs> you know, life situation happen. I understand when things crop up and you can't do it. So for purely and entirely selfish reasons, I'm mad. <laughs> I just wanted to see it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bad for selfish reasons. I know why he didn't come. So (laughs) come next time. We want you. We miss you. Consider that in your review, I suppose. I guess. (laughs) If we were, if we were going to give this con dragons like in a products of your imagination, what would you give it, Glenn? Five. Even with a broken arm. Five and a broken wing. A broken arm. So 5.5 or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Jim? 11. No. <laughs> no, turn it up to 11. Uh, well, then 5. If you're going to limit me. <laughs> 5 and, and some others. Yeah. Liz? How many kobolds, Liz? <laughs> <laughs> 5 kobolds. And all five dragons. All, so. all wearing black bunny ears. Yes. Five kobolds is way better than five dragons. Hey, <laughs> picture this little pyramid of kobolds, like cheerleaders. <laughs> Cheerleader outfits. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. <laughs> I'll give it, I, I, I will say, you know, five. I, I had a great time. This is the best con I've gone to in years. I, I thought it was awesome. So that makes, uh, Four. Wait, I can do this Four. math. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let me let me do some figuring. <laughs> so it's not, not well, two and a half. It's not. <laughs> Carry the cobalt. <laughs> and we come out with five hundred. Five billion, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Until next year. There's a reason I'm an art major. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, by the way, as of this recording. Registration for next year is open. Yes, you yes. can get in on the early bird registration. Cheap. Um, $45. Yeah, it's, it's as cheap as it is going to be. The longer you wait, the more expensive it is going to be. And if you wait until you get at the door, it'll be 60 I believe. Yeah, 45 so, right now until the end of uh, July. So throw your money at them now. Buy your membership today. NTRPGCon.com. Mike and I did. <laughs> Quite happy to. Yeah, we're like numbers twenty and twenty-one. There you go. Don't don't mm-hmm. don't don't brag. It's not. It's not. It's it's unbecoming, Mike. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so I guess it's uh, time to go. 
Huh? Yeah, yeah, it's time for us to stagger down that post-convention dusty road. And how are you going down the road, Liz? I am going being carried on a giant Holmes box set, hoisted aloft by a team of five kobolds. Woohoo! They must be very strong kobolds. Well, of course they are. Of course. Jim? Uh, my uh, Gamma World Mutant is studying up his new ex- basic expert rule books so he knows what to shoot. Hmm. And Glenn? Uh, I'm hitchhiking with my good arm. <laughs> <laughs> Careful about hitchhikers. Uh-huh. Oh, wait, you are a hitchhiker. <laughs> and I am heading down the road in my persona as the halfling thief ghost from the Saturday night game trying desperately to forget the the male and female manticore I stumbled across in the woods. Doing the nasty? I'll say. Okay. (laughs) Something for the liches. (laughs) (laughs) And with that gratuitous crispy reference... Yes. Thanks for listening. (laughs) All right. Night, everybody. See ya. Good night. Pre-arc. The Save or Die podcast is a production of Wild Games Productions in association with D20Radio.com. The Save or Die theme is provided by the band Mississippi Bones. You can find them at mississippibones.bandcamp.com. This podcast is produced for entertainment purposes only. All other uses are prohibited. Nine out of ten DMs surveyed recommend this podcast for their players who listen to podcasts. Listening to podcasts over four hours in length is not normal, and you should consult a physician or at least a damn good psychiatrist. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Save or Die.